Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 36, the epi- or, excuse me, Season 2 Grand Finale Show here. Sports Guy Chris, oh, yeah, yeah. my good friend Mikey. Yeah. Mikey, how are you doing on this you know kind what, of man? gloomy, uh, rainy day yeah, dude, in Southern it's a, California? It's a beautiful day here in Southern California. <laughs> um, you know, not sunshiny at all. Uh, it is, uh, it's a good start to 2023, Chris. Um, you know, how about you, man? Doing all right? Oh uh, yeah. The weather yeah. matches the, uh, poopiness of my Packers from oh, last night. Oh, so, oh, you know, oh, it's, poopiness. it's fitting, okay, yeah. uh, to have a very rare, gloomy, rainy day here yeah. in Southern California. Yeah. Because it matches the uh, mood of, I would say, probably every Packers fan out there today. Fair, so fair. yeah, okay. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but you know, we've had a lot happen since the last time you know we were together a couple weeks ago. So happy yeah. New Year to everybody out yes. there, you know. Absolutely. And uh, we've, of course, the NFL playoff bracket is set. Mike and I will give you uh, our picks there. Yep. We've got some coaching changes already, and of course, uh, as we already hinted at, the Lions did play spoiler to the Packers last night. We'll we'll touch on that a little bit as well, but. The lead, of course, it was a week ago, uh, you know, uh, today, where mm-hmm. we had the scary, you know, incident with Demar Hamlin. But some good news today, Mikey, uh, as he was released from the hospital, he's back in Buffalo now. Yeah. Is that correct, my that friend? That is, that is awesome. correct. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's been discharged, released from the hospital there in Cincinnati, um, and uh, he's back in Buffalo, um, albeit in another hospital. But yeah, he's. Uh, you know, he, he's still, he's alive and kicking and, uh, you know, like more power to him and, and the Bills yeah. organization. And I mean, hell of a game yesterday by the Bills. I mean, the opening kickoff running back oh, for, a for a touchdown, touchdown and, you know, right? you got Josh yeah. Allen yeah. talking about how like, man, if that wasn't, the, the he was talking about that's the greatest thing that he has seen in his football playing career. Pee wee all the way up through the pros. Oh, like that was yeah. by far that like he said goosebumps. Like yeah. it was just it, it was yep. it was unbelievable. And um, you know, that was that was a scary moment. That was a scary thing. And you know, you can get into the particulars and it's been talked about ad nauseum about, you know, the amount of time between, you know, the, the initial injury and the initial, you know, play on the field to the time that the NFL called the game and you know, you could talk sure. about all those yeah, kinds of subsequent yeah. things, but at the end of the day, he is okay, and yeah. you know that's that's the important thing, right? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, an unprecedented you know you know situation there, and you know, kudos to the medical staff for handling it. Kudos to both of those head coaches for yeah. such a difficult situation and right. understanding. Uh, five minutes isn't good enough, guys. We're not bringing anybody back on the field, and I think probably once the NFL front offices and people in New York got the understanding of what was the full scope of what had happened with that injury and the fact that he had to be resuscitated on the field uh, and 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 probably it got to sit in there a little yeah. bit how you know serious this was they did make the right decision in suspending that game and there this late in the season no need to uh, to Correct. reschedule it so but uh, what a great story with him recovering and, of course, the, just the medical attention and everything. And, you know, the, yeah. the very freak thing, as you pointed out, Mikey, and, you know, some of the uh, the medical things I've read up about it. I mean, it was it was a freak thing. And yeah. he's uh, his recovery is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, when 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 that happens and you go into cardiac arrest and your your organs, of course, aren't getting air and you're not getting blood pumped through your body. There's a lot of really obviously bad setbacks yeah. that can right. happen. And. It's just wonderful that he's walking and he's eating and he's good to yeah. go. 
uh, what a what a great thing. So, Absolutely, I, I agree, hundred um, percent. Yeah. Definitely. Flip side of it is, you know, Skip Bayless and Bart Scott. You guys, horrible. Yeah. I don't know. Skip Bayless's tweet was was horrible. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't hear his defense of it. I don't care about his defense of it. You got to understand uh, certain things and and what's more important. And uh, you know, maybe that guy needs to retire, right? Yeah. Maybe he needs to get shown the pink slip today. Yeah. And I mean, I, kudos to to Michael Strahan and you know the Fox broadcast yeah. staff, you know, commentators because Strahan, while not mentioning uh, uh, him by name, Skip yeah. by name, yeah. You know, he called him out mm-hmm. and, and, you know, everybody on that panel on, on Fox agreed, you know, yeah. or, or at least nodded their heads yeah. in, in agreement. And, you know, I, I mean, it just, yeah, I mean, at this point in time, it's like, you know, give that, Skip Bayless just needs to leave, right? you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what he offers to the public discourse when it comes to sports. I mean, other than just saying really inflammatory things. He's a Dallas things. homer and that's all he offers. Yeah, dude. and I, that's I, really I just, it. Yeah. I, I'm not entirely sure what, and, you know, it, it seems like, you know, especially this isn't somebody's, I don't know, man, this is, yeah, it, it just, it's it's a bad look, and, you know, I, I haven't seen anything come out from Fox or any of his employers about anything. Yeah, and, it's all mute on that front you know, so it's far, just It's so. unfortunate because, you know, that's not something yeah. that you want out there, and, and in the age that we're in with this information, you know, the fact that somebody would be yeah. that reckless and saying stuff mm-hmm. and, and whatnot when that's not your field of expertise or anything yeah. like that. It, it's just, it's unfortunate. I and, agree. And, and yeah, absolutely. The condemnation that's been coming his way is absolutely 100% deserved. I agree 100%. So, and, uh, you know, Bart Scott, great linebacker in, in the NFL for a long time, you know, former Jets player and stuff. But I, I, I just like a lot of other players and, and guys too. I didn't understand criticizing T. Higgins, the Bengals wide receiver. That's what you do. You lower your shoulder when you're about to get hit and you're running with the football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if you caught those comments or not. No, but he kind of se- seemed to put the fault on the Bengals wide receiver, which wow. is the most ridiculous thing yeah. I've ever heard, especially yeah. for a guy that played linebacker in, in the NFL who yeah. spent his days headhunting for wide receivers. Yeah. So, not headhunting. Bart wasn't a dirty player, but. My point is, I just don't understand what the point of his soundbite was at. Anyway, I, yeah. I don't want to give those guys any more time. Yeah, it's just no. a couple of things like, really, guys? Right. Really? Right. Anyway, yeah. um, you know, Damar Hamlin, keep it up, man. Yes, you that's know, right, man. Um, awesome, awesome recovery. So uh, that being said, like yep. you pointed out, you know, the Bills had a great game yesterday yep. that allowed them to wrap up the number two seed. Correct. The Chiefs were able to wrap up the number one seed there on Saturday. Uh, you know, a couple other teams not not doing so great as far as that goes are, you know, the Texans, who, of course, fired Lovey Smith today. Yeah, yeah. Mikey, your Cardinals, not surprisingly, you and I have nope. talked about it the majority yep. of the season. You know, parted ways with Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm, we, we figured mm-hmm. that would happen. Yep. Um, yeah, he signed an extension this offseason, but... You don't you don't go four and thirteen after signing an extension and stick correct. around for too long. Correct, so, correct. Um, you know those those couple of openings so far, but yep. otherwise, not too much else so, not far, so far. As far as guys nope. Nope. getting the axe, Bill Belichick did announce today he will be back for his twenty fourth season correct. in New England next year. So no surprises there. And did not commit to Mac Jones as being the starting quarterback though. I, I think that's probably a good move. Mac kind of took a little bit of a step back, but. 
maybe you got to get an actual offensive coordinator to help him out because maybe. he looked pretty darn good yeah. with McDaniels yeah. last year. Agreed. So agreed. Um, any Mikey? Yeah. Real quick on the coaching carousel front here. Any yeah. surprises for you right now? Any? No. Do you see any coaches taking one of these jobs right now, or not so much? No, I mean, look, I, I think out. that you, you know when you when you look at the Lovey Miss Lovey Smith situation. Man, the dude almost seemed to get fired because he won the game as opposed to, like, yeah, you know, right. he was actually, yeah. like, yeah. You know, the, the, his job was, you know, in, in jeopardy because that cost them the number one overall pick. Um, you know, they still got number two, so I, I don't quite understand And that. the team that's picking number one, the Bears, have right. a quarterback with Correct. Justin Fields. Correct. It's not going to cost them yes, exactly. the ability to get whatever yes. quarterback And you've got a want. veteran, you know, voice in that locker room, you know, and, and there were times, especially earlier in the season, when the Texans – at least appeared to be legitimately, you know, competitive. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's so, a there was a couple games they lost in overtime. Right, you know, right. they they were uh, they were more competitive than that three thirteen Correct. one record. Which yeah, I I would agree with that. So you know, I I think you know this is yet another year for the Texans where they've had a coach that's been there for one season and has now been let go. Yeah. So they're going to be starting from scratch all over. Which I mean, I, I guess to some degree, like, you know, you bring in a new coach, you're going to have a new quarterback, most likely, you know, uh, so I, I, I get that to some degree. And, and you know, maybe you're going to go after a younger coach to, to help kind of build this franchise up. I, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, that one kind of was a little bit of a surprise to me. Kingsbury, not a surprise whatsoever. Nah, that one. Had um, to yeah, four yeah. and 13. Um, you know, his record was sub 500, which is par for the yeah. course for him going yeah. back to his Texas Tech days. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to end up as an offensive coordinator somewhere as far as, you know, a college team is concerned. Maybe some sort – maybe a head coach at a college team. Maybe he's yeah, going to go back I, to those yeah, ranks. Yeah, I could see Cliff getting a, um, getting a, a job at some you know, point from I, I somebody mean, maybe, there. Maybe yeah. he needs to – maybe the best bet for him is to kind of go back and, and, and continue to learn the coaching career yeah. um, and how to handle players and how to handle situations and stuff like that because, you know – for his tenure in in Arizona, all just about all of the seasons outside of his initial season with a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach, and you yeah. know them not doing a whole lot, you know, the subsequent seasons he had great starts to the year, uh, and then petered out really really bad towards the end of the seasons. Yeah, and so that was that was the same this year, if not worse than it has been yeah. because we didn't start yeah. off great to begin with. So, you know, I, I mean. I don't know where Arizona goes from here. Um, you know, it, they, it just happened. We're going to be looking for a new GM as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they yeah. go. And, and, and you know, with the number three overall pick in the draft, um, one mock draft had him picking uh, a defensive lineman from Georgia. Um, you know, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. With J.J. Watt's retirement, yeah, uh, yeah, know, yeah, right. dude, it'll yeah. be really interesting yeah. to see. Um, you know, you've got some defensive pieces that are there, but I think you missed Chandler Jones quite a bit this season. Um, you still had Buda Baker. You still had some of those pieces, but I, I think that, you know, that defense needs some work. I agree. The I offense think you doesn't go. need work, but got talent we got to, we got to, you got to look for a coach that's going to be able to, you know, unlock the potential of Kyler yeah. Murray. That's going to be able to I agree. not cater to Kyler but is going to, you know, at least guide him in the right direction yeah. to help yeah. him succeed and yeah. reach that, you know, where he's flirted with those kind of MVP rumblings and stuff yeah. like that, you know, and, and unlock that potential, his yeah. ability to run, his outside of the pocket and scramble and get things done. And, and 
he does have a good arm. He does yeah. have the ability to throw downfield. Yeah. And when you've got D-Hop, when you've got Hollywood Brown, when you've got, uh, you know, depending on what happens with A.J. Green, um, you know, you got Rondale Moore. You've got these mm-hmm. offensive weapons, so you can unlock that potential. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah. Arizona is kind of regurgit, you know, regurgitating, is regressing back to what they had been previous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where instead of making steps forward, they're regressing. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's not what you want in Arizona. No. So, no. I don't know, man. It'll be interesting to see. And, you know, it'll be in, what kind of coach they go out and get. Is it a veteran type coach? Is it, you know. I, yeah, Mikey, I, I, I want to speak to that a second. Yeah, I think do. I think that is what the Cardinals need to do, in my opinion. Okay. Um, to me, this is this is this is a really uh, this is a a job that I'd want to go take if given okay. the opportunity. I think this is this is a job that you won't have a problem going out and being able to get whatever coach you want to go get because of the offensive talent that's in place. Kyler just signed his contract. Right. You know, he's under contract. James Conner looked pretty good running the football, carried you guys the last couple months of the season. He was a little nicked up earlier in the year. He looked great. Right, yeah. D-Hop came back and looked like D-Hop. And and then Mm -hmm. Kyler got hurt, and he had problems getting him the ball with your carousel backup QBs. Right. But D-Hop looked like D-Hop. Correct. He can be back for a full season. After trading for Hollywood Brown, we didn't really do a whole hell of a lot He didn't do a whole lot. Robbie Anderson didn't do a whole lot, which I think is part of the reason your GM stepping down because he just started throwing draft picks to go grab wide receivers. And it just – you needed more than that. So – but – I would the reason I say I would go get in in a, a somebody that's got experience in the NFL coaching that can come in that has accomplished something in this league as well because you need a guy like that that can go to Kyler Murray. I don't think Kyler needs to be put in his place or anything like that, but I think he needs to understand that he hasn't accomplished anything yet in this league. Not trying to be a jerk, I'm just right. being honest about it. You yeah. haven't won a division. You haven't won a playoff game. You haven't won an MVP. You haven't accomplished anything yet. Right. You've won some games. Yeah. You've looked electrifying at times. You've been a really good player, not saying any of that. And you got your contract extension, which I think was the right move for the Cardinals. Now, there was some rift with Kingsbury. You know, He wanted to run things a certain way and stuff like that. They right. had that rift. I think part of that was Cliff was a young coach. Everybody mm-hmm. knows his track record. He hadn't had success yet either. Right. You need to bring in one of those seasoned voices that can kind of be like, hey, kid, you haven't won anything yet. You haven't accomplished anything. But if you want to, get on board with me and we're going to go accomplish something. I think that would be the best move for your Cardinals. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I don't – nobody's really popping in my head right now. I mean, you know – we mentioned Sean Payton kind of being tied to the Broncos. I mean, if you could go get him – uh, I mean, we saw what he did with Drew Brees. Right. I, you know, yeah. Drew was already a good quarterback, but holy cow. I mean, it, you know, and, yeah. and Kyler's young, you know. Right. He's young enough, and you've got weapons that you could use. Sure. So uh, The downside with Sean Payton, though, is that you got to give draft compensation to yeah, the you Saints. Do, which in you order don't have to, a lot of right, right. now. Right, yeah. and, and allegedly, according to the rumor mill, you know, Denver's already ready to pony up for you know that ownership group is going to do whatever they they, do they'll trade they'll give him as much money as need be and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean i i but i i i don't disagree with you i mean you know you look at it it's an enticing job in the desert the weather is fantastic 
Uh, it's an indoor stadium. It's a great stadium. Yeah. You know, you, you got a lot of stuff going there, and it'll be interesting to see who they put in the front office because yeah. I would imagine yeah. that's going to be goal number one for the yeah. ownership is to put a GM in place to mm-hmm. help them find the coach. Um, I, I think when you look at the way that that division has ended up, yes, right now the you know the 49ers are the you know current uh, uh, NFC and West champion yeah. at thirteen and four this season, but that I think is even up in the air because you know you look at the Rams and their fall from grace after winning the Super Bowl. Who knows what Sean McVay is going to do? Um, and it's going to be hard for them to, you know. I think the, I think the people are right. They're looking at some kind of a rebuild because yeah. we all we know, we know they don't they don't have cap space right. and they don't have draft picks. Yeah. So what are you gonna what What else can you do right, right now? I mean, you got what you've got on that roster, and right. and Stafford might be on his way out. You yeah. know, with the injuries yeah. he's had this year, he, right. he, you know, uh, Donald Aaron Donald almost retired this past off season. Right. I, I just. Yeah, yeah so I, I don't I, see a way they're going to get better. Right, exactly. So in that division, you, you could look at it, and yes, the Seahawks—they just made the playoffs, albeit in Week 18, and they were, you know, yeah, they snuck in. They you snuck know, in, they, but they, they was... Geno Smith broke rest. You know, the 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 Seattle God in in Russell Wilson, he broke his record for you know yeah. most passing yards in a season. Yeah. And and Geno so was the Gino, highest rated passer in yeah. the NFL this year. That's not you know, a fluke. He I mean, went in there give him credit. It's funny because he went into that game yesterday against the Rams, having only thrown nine picks for the season, and then he immediately goes out and throws picks ten and eleven. But, yeah, right. Yeah, but even still, yeah. yeah, I mean that division it it it's not it's not like there's one team that is is a head and shoulders above anybody else. I, yeah. I mean the Niners are good, but they've had a rotating list of 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 quarterbacks. Yeah. And their current quarterback Purdy is playing well, absolutely. He's undefeated all this blah blah blah. But that's not going to change next year. There's not they're not going to go in there and God only knows what's going to happen. Yeah. But you but even still. So the Cardinals it's it's there for the taking. They just they got to put some pieces together and they, they got to get it going right and going in that right direction they, they need a unified voice and i think at times there wasn't that it, that existed between ownership the front office and 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 the, the people on the yeah. field yeah um so i i think that they need to kind of reevaluate that but you know it is an enticing job you, you've got guys under contract you've got guys you know like you said kyler murray's there I would I as much as that he's an exciting player and I, I don't disagree with you on that I I would hesitate a little bit because his preparation has been called into question his ability to to play for the team has been called into yeah, question yeah that's Patrick I, Peterson called yeah. that out this last season um you know you yeah. see look at the sidelines yeah, Kyler's about Kyler yeah that's you right. know yeah. and and yeah. so I think that there are some things that you would have to try and address with the GM, yeah. whoever that yeah. may be, and ownership to kind of figure out, like, okay, well, yeah, this is – do yeah. I have autonomy to be able to go out there and do what I need to do and in order to exactly. turn this out? But that goes yeah. to having a winning resume. You can, If you're Kingsbury, you can go out there and you can throw all the flashy stuff that you want. But at the end of the day, if you have somebody that has a winning record that's able to go in there and say, yeah. look – this is how it is. This is what we're going to do. You know, similar to what Bruce Arians did, similar to what Ken Wisenhunt did. Yeah. You know, you had these guys that came in here that had a certain way of doing things and, and, and they were able to execute that way. Um, that's what they're going to need. They're going to need that veteran kind of a yeah, guy to go totally. out there and do it. So anyway, I don't disagree with that. Nice, um, man. So that's what we have. Nothing else on the coaching front uh, going into uh, Black Monday or finishing out Black Monday here. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I personally wouldn't be surprised if Josh McDaniels, if there's some rumblings about him getting let go. Um, you know, I know the Raiders had injuries, all this kind of stuff, Derek Carr situation. Um, but I, I, I don't know how you possibly convince that fan base. And with Josh McDaniels coming back, I don't know if that's the right call. I don't know if it's that's It's going right to be move. interesting. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, Davis really, that was the guy he wanted. And uh, I, I I just have a feeling he's going to give him one more year, yeah. especially because of the whole okay. Derek Carr, you know, it clearly they're going to move off of him. Okay, yeah. Um, which, jet, if I'm the Jets, I, I'm already I'm, I'm calling. I'm already yeah. like, hey, what, it, yeah. sixth round pick, fifth round pick? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's like, do it. I let's mean, they're a quarterback yeah. away from being a really good team. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, right. yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you, though. Okay. That's one to keep an eye on. I, That's okay. One to keep an eye so, on. so, we're going to take a segment break. When we come back, we're going to run down... The playoffs. We got the playoffs. Yes. More or less set. We've got the wild set. card, super wild card super coming wild up. Wild card. So we're going to jump into that. And so that's going to be some good stuff. So we'll catch you on the break, guys. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Episode 36. Oh, yeah. Season 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, a. Last episode, as we yeah. you know round yeah. out and, and and look forward to that. But uh-huh. of course, Mikey and I yeah. we kicked off the uh, the festivities. We talked about Tamar Hamlin, of course, the mm-hmm. NFL's coaching carousel. Mm-hmm. But brother, the playoffs are upon us. They the bracket is us. set. Yeah. We are ready. We yep. know who's playing who. Correct. Now the only thing to do is give you guys our picks, Ooh, and you know, let's do it. Um, if you followed along to the podcast, which I hope you have. Mm-hmm. You know, first uh, a shout out to you, Mikey, because at the beginning of the season, yeah. you did pick yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars to I win did. that division. I did. Most people who claim they picked them to win, I highly doubt actually did pick yeah. them at the beginning of the year. A little, you know, revisionist. Check We've got it on tape, guys. Check the tape. Uh, Mikey nailed that one. So, you know, you might want to listen to this guy's playoff predictions, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, yeah. but let's jump okay, in. Let's, let's start there with let's the AFC. AFC. Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs wrapped up the top seed. Buffalo yep. will be the two seed. Mm-hmm. Um, because Buffalo couldn't play that extra game with Cincinnati, and had they been able to play that game and won, they would have been the one seed. Right. So, of course, the NFL came up with a scenario where if those two will meet in the mm-hmm. AFC title game, it'll be on a neutral site. field. Correct. I think that's a. Fine decision. I yeah. have no problems with that. Yeah. And you have the Bengals sitting there at the three spot. Yep. Also a dangerous team. I mean, th- this team is also on a, a winning streak. They've won a whole bunch of games in a row now. I yeah. think nine in a row. Uh-huh. Uh, right behind the 49ers have won ten in a row. Jacksonville, who has won five in a row themselves, became only the third team in NFL history to make the playoffs after starting four and eight, Mikey. Shh. My Packers could have joined them, but they decided not to do that. Um, Lions so had other plans. Yeah. Lions had other plans. And, of course, we have the Chargers who were locked into that five spot with some questionable decision-making yesterday. And then yep. we have the Ravens who wrapped up their spot a couple weeks ago, and they couldn't really catch the Bengals, so they, they've been resting Lamar Jackson. Of course, he sprained his PCL uh, about four weeks ago. We don't know whether he'll play or not. He hasn't practiced at all. It's really a kind of coin toss whether he'll yeah. be available or not. And then, of course, the Dolphins were able to uh, sneak in as that seven seed. The Dolphins looked like a playoff team the entire year. They got to eight and three. 
kind of hit a rough spot in their yeah. schedule, lost five in a row, yeah. you know, lost two again, and uh, then their backup quarterback, and then, you know, just won that game of attrition with the Jets, and, you know, yeah. the two crappy quarter, third-string quarterbacks duking it out. But they got it done, and they yep. snuck in at 9-8. and eight. Yes, they did. Their reward is a trip to Buffalo. Uh, good luck to yep. play the Bills in what's probably going to be some cold weather and yep. all that fun stuff. Mikey, yeah. ah, let's go with your picks. We've got the you know the Buffalo playing Miami. We've got Cincinnati and the Ravens and Jacksonville and the Chargers. What game do you want to start with, my friend? Well, we'll we'll, we'll start we'll start with the the first game uh, of the playoff schedule. Okay, uh, is which is going to be the Jags and the Chargers. Uh, Chargers, game. you know, San Diego has to go into Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, you know, Doug Peterson has, you know, the Jags, as you pointed out, playing well. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to pick my Jags. I, I'm going to keep riding that, that bandwagon there. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, the Jaguars, Doug Peterson has them playing well. Doug Peterson is a veteran coach. He's, he's gotten it done before. Yeah. Um, he yeah. clearly has this team, uh, buying into what he's selling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I, I like their, their opportunities there. I mean, yeah, you know, you got a young quarterback there, you know, a second year guy, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I like the, what they've got. Clearly, it's been working for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so and Trevor Lawrence is looking yeah, really Trevor good. Lawrence He's looking, looking really, really good. Yeah, exactly. Dude. So yep. you know, I I, I think that um, they're going to continue that. Now, do they make it past that? Probably not. But even still, they're going yep. to get this win, and um, the Chargers are going to be sent home packing. And okay. I will say this, and you're going to take it after that because. I think that the Chargers are losing this game. No offense to my Chargers fans. Got good friends that are Chargers fans. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but they're going to lose. And I think a lot of it is going to stem from the questionable decisions that they had yesterday. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up, Mikey. You know, that is one thing to point out. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the Chargers, look, guys, the Chargers were locked in to a wild, they were going to be a wild card yeah. team no matter what uh, going into yesterday. And by the time their game kicked off, they, they already knew that they were going to be playing Jacksonville. They were locked into the five. This this was already set. For a team that had so many key players injured for the majority yeah. of the season, and th- this seems like it's been the last 10 years for the Chargers where they have just a slew of injuries every yeah. single season. They've finally gotten healthy. They've yeah. finally made a run here over the last month of the year because they've gotten healthy. You know, Herbert got all of his receivers finally yep. available and healthy. Derwin James able to play. Joey Bosa, who had to have the groin surgery earlier, finally back last week and able to play. Um, and then, you know, Brandon Staley turned around and played these guys into the fourth quarter in a meaningless game in Denver. Yeah. Against the top scoring defense in the league. Why? Why would you do that? Yeah. Against any team, first of all, but against a team that's got a pretty good defense that can hit guys that, you yeah. know what I mean? So the the thing is, it's like for a team that's had so many injuries and I could get it if you've been healthy the whole time and you just want to keep, keep rolling sure. with it, keep the momentum and the preparation. And I understand all of that part of it. Why not pull your guys at halftime? Right. That way they could all still prepare and yep. do everything. Right. Still went through their pregame stuff like normal and nobody gets hurt. Now you're looking at Mike Williams, who's their deep threat. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. Right. You know, they did get a little bit of a break where, where uh, you know, the the MRI came back negative. It was back spasms. But I was reading he couldn't even walk out of the stadium last night. His back was in such bad shape. So 
I don't know if that's conducive to turning around and being able to all the sun on Saturday because they don't play Sunday or Monday. They play Saturday if he's going to be able to play. And then Joey Bosa re-aggravated his groin injury. How effective, even if he can play, is he going to be? Right. Justin Herbert took some unnecessary shots. He avoided injury, but he's probably going to be kind of sore. I mean, he got drilled a couple of good times, you know, in that chest rib area. I don't understand. I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't understand the point, especially Jacksonville is going to have a, l- a little extra rest because they played Saturday night versus Sunday afternoon. Took care of business. Their trajectory, I mean, they won five in a row, and they've looked good. I yeah. mean, they've looked good doing it. That was a that was a grinded out you know game against Tennessee, but you kind of figured it was for a division title. You got a good coach on the other side with Vrabel, yeah. and Derrick Henry was back running the ball. You figured that would be a hard fought game, but you know the way they came back against Dallas, they completely dismantled a couple of teams during this winning streak. Yeah. Uh, you know, bludgeoned the Colts a few weeks back. Like they're playing really good football. Trevor Lawrence is looking really good. Yeah. I just, again, I don't get it. But anyway, I could go on forever about that. So for that, I mean, I just, Jacksonville is the is my pick as well. Yeah. Chargers have a ton of talent. I think this is going to be a great game, and I think we're all going to be looking forward to the, the young quarterback matchup kind here. Kind of duking with, it out. Yeah. yeah, you know, Herbert and, and Lawrence, this is both of their first taste of the postseason. So that's exciting. And a couple of guys that are, by all accounts, probably going to be pretty good quarterbacks for a long time in this league. Right. It'll be our first chance to see them. But the coaching, Doug Peterson, of course, won a Super Bowl a few years ago with the Eagles. Yeah. With two quarterbacks, Carson Wentz yeah. and Nick Foles. Yeah. Well, oh, by the way, what happened to those guys yeah. since they broke parts with Doug Peterson? Yeah. They've not done much. So no, correct. I The coaching advantage... And you know, I Jacksonville's just hotter. Jacksonville's my pick. Wow! So anyway, good uh, football game. Fo- follow up question to that. Yes. Now, if, if the Chargers end up losing this game, whether it's by blowout fashion or in a close matchup, uh, do you think that the Chargers are going to be entering the search for a new coach next week? I do. I people might think I'm crazy about that. Okay. You know, I'd be interested to see what what your Chargers buddies would think about that. But and the reasoning is this: Brandon Staley's been really aggressive and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. Well, part of that is great. Yeah. You can look. You can go back and look at these games against the Chiefs, in particular last year, where that over aggressiveness cost them. Yeah. And there's been certain times where it's not made sense, where right, he's been right. over aggressive. You know, right. passed on field goals when it didn't really make sense. Yeah. To go for it and not get it, and then to mismanage your roster yeah. in a meaningless game before a playoff game and get key guys hurt. Right. This team has way too much talent, Mikey. To lose a wild card playoff game and that's all to have to show for it for the last two or three years way too much talent on this team yeah he's a defensive guy the defense has been mediocre at best they can't right. stop the run to save their life yeah. i mean i just don't see it if they okay. lose this playoff game i think there's more than enough where you can go between the questionable over aggressiveness and then the stupidity of playing guys yesterday you could go hey i think there's some other guys out there that we could bring in and we could take that next step forward. Okay. I, I again, the injuries he can't control that. Yeah. But what you can control is your decision making yeah. when it comes to your playing guys and your decision making as far as on the field as yeah. well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I don't know. Maybe okay. that's maybe that's a little too harsh, but I don't think so. Okay. I, I mean, if I'm a Charger fan, I'm sitting there. There's only so many so many years before I'm going to have to give Justin Herbert big money. Yeah. There's only so much time Joey Bosa is going to get big money. How many more years does Mike Williams have left? Yeah. 
you're going to have to pay Austin Eckler too. They're running back. You got it. The window isn't necessarily as big as maybe you think. Uh, there's been speculation here in the last 24 hours mm-hmm. that Sean McVay might walk away from the Rams. Yeah. Just something to think about. Yeah. What, 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 what if he just he could stay uh, right in LA, dude. He can stay, he can right, stay at SoFi Stadium, right in LA, and he can just yep. change the locker rooms um, yep. and and don a slightly uh, 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 lighter shade of blue and and yellow and um, and not for know, nothing. And, and, and you know, just saying. He, I mean, you've got you've got you you know you, you've got a team that has a decent you know it's got a good future with the quarterback. It's got some younger pieces. It's got some things. McVay's an offensive guy. Maybe, he went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff, and he won a Super Bowl with Matt Stafford. Yeah, just I mean, switching teams switching conferences. I'm just saying. I'm I, just throwing that out there. I, hey, Mike, look what he there. did with Goff and, and Matt Stafford. I, I, I would be scared I, actually to I, see what he would do with Justin Herbert. Justin, the guy's not even in his prime yet. Just saying. I like just this, Mikey. Mikey's getting the rumor mill going. I like it. Hey, yeah, that's my hot take. So anyway, uh, all right. So then we got the number two Bills versus the number seven Dolphins playing in Buffalo. It's going to be cold as all heck out there. Um, Nighttime spot on uh, Sunday or Uh, no? Oh no, sorry, afternoon spot. Afternoon spot. Uh, You know, it'll be uh, at uh, ten o'clock our time here in the West Coast. All right, do that early time. Yep. Um, Yeah, dude. does does Dolph, do, do the Dolphins have a chance? Does Mike Daniels and and that and that team do they have any chance of going into Buffalo? And winning so this game? my initial take is no, not a chance in oh. hell. But okay. if a you actually go back and kind of look at these two matchups, the Dolphins, well, they beat the Bills the first, excuse me, the first time they played them, and they played them pretty good the second yeah. time around too in Buffalo. So. Everything points to Buffalo being able to win this in a cakewalk. I think the biggest factor here is who's available for Miami at quarterback. Yeah. You know, Skyler Thompson did the best that he could and got got him got him in the playoffs. He did what he could do to win that game. Um, but they just they don't have enough, not nearly enough. If 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 he's going to be the quarterback, you've got Tyreek Hill, you got Jalen Waddle, you got to be able to throw the ball down the field and get these guys in, yeah. in, in the game to be able to put the pressure on the Bills and and keep up. The Bills are going to score some points, you know, and 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 keep up with them. So if Tua can play, I give the Dolphins a chance. Okay, okay. I okay. give him a chance if he can play. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know. Even when Teddy played the couple games this year, he's definitely an upgrade above Skylar Thompson, but. Teddy's just – he doesn't have that downfield passing ability. Uh, Miami does lean on the run, I, I, and the Bills are a little susceptible to the run. So, you know, we'll see. Of course, the coaching side of it is going to favor, you know uh, – Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. you know, for sure. As far as that goes, this will be McDaniel's first, you know, playoff game in his first season as a head coach. So, yeah. uh, But, look, with, with – the momentum that the Bills have right now right. and everything, the fact this game's going to be at home, yeah. it's a team they're familiar with. I don't think we have to – I don't think if you're a Buffalo fan, you have to worry about them taking this game lightly. I think they understand Miami. Again, they beat them once and gave right. them a good game the other time. But with every – I mean, you got to go Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, they, they just put 35 up on Bill Belichick's – you know, Patriots defense, and I, 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 I yeah, it's got to be Buffalo. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I think that from the start of the season, you know, I mean, obviously they didn't get the number one overall seed, but you know, and and they they possibly could have, barring you know, yeah. a, a freak you know medical emergency on the field. But 
you know, I, I mean, Buffalo has seemed kind of just destined for for something bigger this season. Yeah. And, and you know, the Hamlin situation only unifies that team even more. Yeah. Um, I agree. You know, and, agree and, and the way they kind of yep. came together yep. in a game that really didn't mean a whole heck of a lot uh, yeah. against the yeah. Patriots yesterday and the yeah. way they kind of came together and, and, and played. And it wasn't just one. It was two, uh, you know, kickoffs that, that returned for touchdowns. Yeah. Special and teams, their special offense, teams was, all, uh, was on point, you know. Yep. I mean, Allen possibly most likely is not going to get an MVP nod this year. Oh, he'll get some votes, but you know, he's not going to end up with the trophy, but yeah, you know, I, it's I mean, go to he, Patty Mahomes, and, look, that's okay. and the, the bottom line is that's great. That's regular season hardware. They're playing for something that goes beyond. Yeah, that. So and, I don't know, man. I, I think this is a team that it's going to really, you know, it's going to come together and it's, this is a tune up game here for the, against the dolphins. Like you said, without Tua, Yep. I don't give them much of a puncher's chance. Um, yep. You yep. Know, so I, I, I think this is the Bills in a run in a runaway victory. I, I think that. I think you're right, Mikey. I, I do. I just it'll I, be it'll yeah. be good practice, but it'll just go to show to the Dolphins and the Dolphin faithful that you know, kind of like Jacksonville or kind of like you know maybe some of these other kind of teams. You know, it just goes to show that like during the regular season, you know, those games that you lose. Those stupid penalties that you had, those those you know plays where you failed to you know get the first down yeah. on third and you know one or you know whatever the yeah. case may be, those little things that over the course of a season can affect the outcome of a game that affects your playoff seeding means that much more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. If this was if the roles were reversed and this was the Bills going into Miami, maybe you know you could yeah. argue that okay, well yeah, now this you got more of a game. Um, you know, so it just goes to show that like that there's so much that plays into that as well as health. I mean, Tua, sure. you know, I mean, here's a guy that, you know, at the beginning of the season, that's, I guess, something else too about another underlying storyline going into this game too. I mean, you had Tua with the concussion early on and, and all of the stuff that surrounded that and, and the medical staff, yeah. were, the medical staff the, by the NFL that was fired. For, for not treating this yeah, better. Right, yeah. Um, and yeah. then you have on the flip side, you have the Bills and their training staff that, you know, end up saving Hamlin's life. Right. So, you know, you've got those kinds of things going. But, um, you know, look, Mike McDaniel, Mike Daniels, great young coach. Um, he's got this team in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I mean, this goes to show they, they've got something to build towards. Yeah, they totally. Totally. So much into that. And they had such a, a weird year, Mikey. They The Dolphins won three in a row to start the year. Yep. Had the obviously the scary to a concussion yep. against Cincinnati. Then yep. they lost three in a row. Mm-hmm. Then they won five in a row. <laughs> right. Then they lost five in a row right. and won to get in the playoffs. Right. So if they follow that trajectory, they should win their next four games and win the Super Bowl somehow. I'm not going to put my money on that, yeah, but no, 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 uh, what a weird, what a yeah, weird year, no, you know? Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. But I mean, it just goes to show that inconsistency when you've got young players, when yeah. you've got, you're, you're, young you're working coaches, into a yeah. young coach, you're, you're figuring out a new sure. system, you've got all those kinds of things. But look, the, 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 the future is bright there in Miami. Totally. Um, totally. All right. So the last game that we have going into this first round is this wild card, super wild card weekend. You've got the number three Bengals going up against the number six uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, like you said earlier, he's been sidelined. They've been kind of resting him, kind of just mm-hmm. buying mm-hmm. time yeah. so that he can possibly come back. My take is that it's going to be too little too late. 
he's had he's no reps. Yeah, he might do yeah. some walkthroughs. He might get some practice time in. But we all know that practice time is not the same as game time. Yeah. This is a Bengals team that is on a tremendous hot streak. This is a team that, you know, people were like, was last year kind of a fluke? Was, yeah, you know, right. Like, yeah. You know, where, yeah. Where are they at? And I they mean, started three and three. So yeah. everybody was kind of like, eh. Joe Burrow was still getting sacked left and right. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was just, it was yeah. bad news bears. Um, you know, but they're on an eight game winning streak. Um, I see this as a Bengals victory. Um, I think it might could very well be a high scoring game, but yeah. I, I think the Bengals come out with the win on this. Okay. Point. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cincinnati's looked so good during this win streak and everything. So, you know, the, and, and just Baltimore is built all the way around Lamar. So, yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's really simple. The key here is Lamar Jackson, right? If he's yeah. available and can play, but not just that. I think he's got to be able to practice and, and be able to do it all week long. If this is a situation where he doesn't practice or he gets one like one or two like you know half sessions in mm-hmm. and then he's questionable going into the game, I I, I don't like that. If yeah. this is a thing where all of a sudden he's cleared on Thursday and you know that he, you're, he's going to be your guy for the game, yeah, that could be really that could be very interesting okay. because Baltimore. With Lamar was a totally different team. They right. they beat a lot of good teams. Right. They blew a couple of games early in the season at home. They shouldn't have. Right. Uh, but they did beat Cincinnati the first time they played them. And then you know, interestingly, looking at that game yesterday, Cincinnati. To your point about Burrow being sacked, Joe Burrow had to make a handful of amazing plays to avoid pressure and complete passes and keep drives alive. If I'm the Ravens, I go back and watch this tape and I go, we were really close from wrapping this guy up and being right in this game yeah. right till the end without Lamar. If Lamar can play, I dude, I, I give the Ravens a good chance okay. of pulling an upset if he can play. Okay. If he's out, I think Cincinnati wins by a landslide. Give me a 21 points. I think they wow. they they, okay. they pull away, they run away with this. and they run away with it. But if Lamar can play, that 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 gives the Ravens a little bit of energy. The defense has played good, and mm-hmm. I think they can go back and look at this tape and go, guys, we were really close from having you know Burrow yeah. having a five or six sack game against this guy. He just had a handful of plays where he was miraculous, slipping out of multiple you know pressures and stuff like that. So okay. Okay. I'm taking the Bengals for now, uh, okay. but I will say if Lamar Jackson can play and is cleared. Um, it's going to be interesting. Okay. I, I think the Ravens will make that a very good game okay. if he can play. All right. Uh, possibly the most exciting game of the AFC slate. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Yeah. So we are going to take a segment break. When we come back, we're going to break down the NFC playoff picture. All right, welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast Season 2 Grand Finale. Wrapping it up with a NFL playoff preview here, of course. Super Wild Card Weekend is upon us. Mike and I just went through the AFC. We gave you our picks there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are in agreement, although I've got a little asterisk. If Lamar Jackson plays, I feel like there's a chance for an upset there. But as it stands today... Mikey and I both like the Bills, Bengals, and Jaguars to take care of business. Correct. Now it's time to take a look at the NFC, my yeah. friend. Let's do it. Of course, the Eagles were able to wrap up that uh, that first round by in the top seed. You know, they they stumbled a little bit with Jalen Hurts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being hurt. He was back yesterday, played good. Yep. 
but they got they got a good game out of the Giants yesterday, and the Giants weren't necessarily playing everybody all game long because they yep. were locked into their you know uh, sixth spot. Mm-hmm. So um, interestingly enough, we'll keep an eye on that. But Philly did get to top seed. The 49ers have won ten straight. Uh, they unfortunately bludgeoned your Cardinals, Mikey. But yeah. we we kind of figured that was going to happen. I forgot who you even played at quarterback it doesn't really matter it might as well have been you or i yep. uh but the 49ers of course sure with my packers fizzling out uh last night get to play a familiar foe in the seattle seahawks uh-huh, uh-huh. pete carroll somehow got this team in the playoffs geno smith we talked about him you know a couple times already today what a yep. great year uh, you know, Pete's got to be in the conversation for coach of the year has to be, uh, so. with this, you would think. So that one is going to get things going for us on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The Sunday matchup is the Vikings, uh, mm-hmm. taking on those giants that we talked about. Funny enough, these, these two played a couple weeks ago in Minnesota yep. and the giants gave them all they could handle. It was a game, right? A field goal game right up yep. to the end. So I think we've got an interesting game there. And then the Monday night game that will wrap up this super wild card weekend Old man Tom Brady and the eight and nine Buccaneers will play the Dallas Cowboys. Who, I mean, you want to talk about my Packers stinking it up? I, this team was playing for a one seed, yeah, and they got blown out by the Commanders yesterday. And yep. a guy that had never played quarterback in this league before, and Sam Howell, guy that hadn't even suited up all year long. I don't know what to make of that, but anyway, dude, yep. that's going to be our Monday night game. Okay. Cowboys had looked really good. Tampa, not so much. Interesting. Mikey? Yeah. What do you got? Let's start got? with that 2-7 game. Let's do it. Do, Let's the, do, Seahawks, it. Seahawks. Okay. do the Seahawks have a chance? <sighs> you know, look. You go to the Rams game yesterday, and, you know, first play of the game, Geno Smith, psh, interception, Jalen Ramsey, cuts him off, psh, takes it, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right out the gate, right? Um, you know, DK Metcalf didn't have a great game yesterday. No. Um, but... You had, I believe his name is Walker. Yeah, Kenneth Walker, uh, man. Good. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. He, he yeah. was running all over that Ram, that Rams defense and, and making plays. And, you know, they were kind of going to some wildcat action and kind of doing some funky things. And Pete Carroll yeah. was like, we're pulling out all the stops. Yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah. forget forget draft pick compensation. Forget draft yeah, picks. Yeah, we want to get in the we playoffs. We want to get in the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and unlike... You know, uh, uh, the Chargers, you know, the Seahawks, they had to play to win. They, they yeah, didn't they know did. what their yeah. seeding was yep. going to be. They didn't know if they were going to even even make the playoffs. Get in. Rather, right. Because, yeah. of, you know, depending on what was going to happen with your Lions yeah. and, and your, Packer, the, your Packers and the yeah. Lions. So they were playing for, to win. And you could see that. And, you know, I mean, the Rams did their best to try and play spoiler, although, you know, that didn't work out. Look. 49ers, they're on a tear. 49ers, yeah. I mean, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, who suddenly is now relevant, you know, he he's taking a page out of the Jimmy G playbook and, and yep. you know, he's undefeated as a starter and, you know, all these kinds of things. Look, the 49ers defense is what's going to win this game. I, I expect yeah. Purdy, Purdy's done, I mean, he hasn't done anything from what I've seen or heard or read or anything mm-hmm. like anything mm-hmm. miraculous, Yeah, but he hasn't done anything to lose a game, right? Yeah. He's kind of yeah, played yeah, that Peyton yeah. Manning, Denver Broncos, like, I'm just going to control it so that yeah. I can keep the defense off the field long enough, get enough downs to, you know, keep the defense yeah. off yeah. that three and outs. Look, Pete Carroll is a sneaky son of a bitch. Okay. Excuse yeah, he's my a defensive French. guy. He's a defensive yeah. guy. This is a yeah. guy that's going to throw some stuff at him. Yeah. I, I I think that you know Mike Shanahan is going to be prepared for that. 
I, I'm not saying the Seahawks are going to win this game, but I think the Seahawks are going to throw some stuff at the Niners that the yeah. Niners aren't going to be prepared yeah. for, defensively yeah. and offensively. Geno Smith has played well. He was in the MVP yeah. conversation to start. Yeah. Uh, you know, he kind of fizzled out there a little bit, kind of got banged up a little bit. But this Seahawks team has been well played well beyond what anybody expected them to yeah. do in the NFC West oh, totally. and in the nobody, NFL period, right? Nobody had this team even in the playoff so, conversation going into the season. The Niners, yeah, you've got this momentum, you've got these things going, but to your point, before we even hit record with the, against the Packers versus the Lions, the Packers' record against the Lions has been like astronomically in favor of the Packers. Yeah, totally, especially in Lambeau Field. Especially yeah. on your home field. Yeah. And look what happened. Yeah. I think that there could be some element of overconfidence here that could play against okay. the Niners. Okay. I, I, I think Carroll, just like kind of in this game yesterday, not a whole lot to lose. Like, yeah. you make the playoffs yeah. great, but you're not expected to do a whole lot. So let's pull out some stops. Let's yeah. pull out some trick plays. Let's pull out some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But totally. I, I don't think that there's going to be anything different about this game. Okay. I think the Niners win it, much to my chagrin. Yeah, but I, I, I think the Seahawks give them. I, I give okay. them a puncher's chance. Ah, I really, right. really do, yeah, man. Okay. I really okay. do. Pete Carroll is sneaky, man. This dude, great coach. And, yeah, and, and this is a team yeah. of not a whole lot, and and they're making plays and they're doing stuff, and they made some big defensive plays yesterday. Yeah, they did. They yeah. had some big yeah. stops. Yeah, uh, you know, I think they can carry some of that momentum against this Niners team. I, but I still think the Niners. Win. Okay, so, all right. So Mikey likes the Seattle's chances, but I do. you know, I do. still going to take the I, Niners. Okay, I do. Um, and and I think you made a lot of really good points there. You know, especially, you know, Pete is a good coach. So when you look at the coaching matchup, normally it's going to be Kyle Shanahan. Is, Kyle Shanahan, not Mike Shanahan. Oh yeah, his old man I, was Mike yeah. Shanahan. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're good, man. Um, you know, I think right now. Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL. I I do. Okay. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. But okay. Pete Carroll's right there. Okay. And he has been for a long time. Yeah. So to your point, it's going to be a good coaching matchup. And you do have, this will be Brock Purdy's first playoff start. Mm-hmm. You know, the quarterback. All the weapons around him, Kyle Shanahan, the team is humming. They've won 10 in a row. They look great. Um, you know, Seattle probably feels like a kind of a second birth you know they got in it didn't mm-hmm. look like for most of that game last night that the lions were gonna win you yeah, know i mean they, right. they kept it close but it, green bay kind of was you know was yeah. had yeah had the lead for the majority of the game until yeah. the last you know five or six minutes so that that's the kind of situation that could spring an upset that being said i think the 49ers are gonna are gonna do what they did the first the two matchups during the season they're gonna oh, okay. really squeeze kenneth walker and they're going to make Geno Smith have to try to beat them okay. on the road in San Francisco. And I could see this game playing out similar to where they played in San Francisco earlier in the year, where the 49ers, when these teams met the first time in mm-hmm. San Francisco, the 49ers were off to their slow start before their winning streak, and Seattle was off to their hot start. They were 4-1 and one or 5-1. and one. The 49ers were 3-3. Three and three. And the 49ers took their running game away and won that game 27-7. to Like, pulled okay. away and went away. Um, I I see a similar thing happening. Okay. I, All right. I, All right. The okay. second time they played, which was a few weeks back, Seattle, it was a closer game up in Seattle, which you'd expect. Right. They still only managed 13 points. I just don't see okay. Seattle being able to score enough. Okay. I do think their defense will play better. Uh, but... 
I, I I'm going to take the 49ers to okay. win comfortably. Okay, uh, comfortably. Right. Okay. Um, it and it could turn into a blowout by the time it's all said and done. Okay. That being said, I'm going to root like hell for the Seahawks. Yeah. You know, I'm going to root for the upset and yeah. and and everything. So, uh, I just don't see it. Okay. I, I like San Francisco to to win easily in the okay. end. Okay. I think it'll okay. be a, it'll it, they're going to get a challenge from okay. it, but I see them going okay. away. All righty then. So moving on to, we'll go to the 3-6 matchup. Yeah. That is the Minnesota Vikings um, and the number six New York Giants who got into the playoffs with a 9-7-1 record. Yeah. Um, you know, they were another team yesterday. They kind of had, they, they had yep. to have some magic in yep. order to, to get in and they, they got in. Um, who do you like in this one? Um, you know, I, so, I, dude, right here. Here's yep. your upset of the first round. Oh, oh. I'm going to take the, the New York Giants, Ooh. who I doubt many people are. Okay. And the reasoning is twofold. Okay. One, when Minnesota loses, they lose badly. Yeah. Um, this team set all kinds of records in terms of having a really good record, but not but the point differential being tiny because right. <laughs> they've been blowing out in all four of their losses. The other flip side of it is they went. It was either it was insane ten and zero or eleven and zero in in one score games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is great on one hand because it 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 it's like okay this is a battle tested team that knows how to win close games, but on the flip side of it is there's always the regression that happens and it ha- it's going to happen at some point. That's not the norm, especially in the NFL. And it's very difficult to go through an entire season and never lose, including the playoffs, a one-score game. These teams played a couple weeks ago, and it ended up being Minnesota winning a one-score game. I don't like that they didn't show up last week against Green Bay and were thoroughly dominated on all three facets of the game. They bounced back and beat a Bears team that, let's be honest, I know the NFL doesn't like to hear this, that was trying to lose so they could get the number one pick. Justin Fields didn't play. Yeah. Yeah, they should have won that game. Yeah. Okay? But I look at all those close wins, and I have a feeling that if this one's close again, it might break the other way. Okay. And the way Daniel Jones' ability to run the ball, Saquon Barkley, I know the Giants don't have all this flashiness to them and everything, but they were they were one of the most efficient offenses and one of the most efficient defenses mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. That's a recipe to give it to give a team that likes to win close games and let all these teams hang around with them that they should be blowing out. That's a recipe for an upset. Give me the Giants in the upset over the Vikings. Wow. All right. I like it. So, look, coupled with the fact that Kirk Cousins a lot of times doesn't show up in big games. Okay. Whoops. So, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on this one. What? All right. Yeah, I'm with you on this I one. I love it, Mikey. I, I yeah. Think, I, I, think the, uh, I think the Giants uh, are going to take this game. I mean, look, y- you know, it, the Bleacher, Bleacher Report has a power rankings that they came out with. Yeah. And, and, and they bring up the fact and, and this is incredibly true with the Minnesota Vikings. There's no team in the playoffs that's harder to figure out. This is yeah. one team that they go out there and they blow teams out and they win and 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 they they have these these um, you know these the miraculous you know the comebacks games, right? right yeah, they yeah have the, 11, the Buffalo game and the right? Colts game these crazy comebacks exactly. yep 
Uh, 13 wins is their most uh, franchise, most wins since their magical 15 and one season in 1998. Um, and they're, they're seventh ranked offense and in yards and eighth ranked offense in points. However, they were blown out by the Packers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. So all teams, you know, Cowboys yeah. and Eagles, two teams potentially have to meet up in the playoffs. Yeah. Only the Detroit Lions were worse defensively in terms of yards allowed entering Week 18. Wow. Only three teams allowed more points, okay, than the yeah. Vikings. Yeah. I don't know how good this team really is because yeah. unlike other teams where, you know, it went down, you know, it, it just, yes, they, 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 they won these one, you know, these one score victories, but that is that... How much, I don't know if that's indicative of a good team. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, you know, you had to have a 33-point comeback yeah. against the Indianapolis yeah. Colts to uh-huh. win one of those uh-huh. games. Yeah, You were losing by 33, 33 points. 33 points. You had to score. The Matt Ryan-led Colts yeah. at halftime. You, you, you had to. Yep. So, I don't know, man. I, I Like you said, with regards to the Giants, this is a team that, is efficient on defense. They're efficient on offense. Um, you know, they, they, like you said, they don't do a lot of things flashy. They don't do a whole heck of a lot at all. I mean, they've been kind of this, they kind of were making some noise, but then things just kind of quieted yeah. down because there was other stuff yep. going on in the NFL. I don't know. I, I think that uh, I like it. the Vikings are going to lose this game. I think that, uh, you know, there, there's going to be some soul searching. And, uh, yeah, I think the Giants win this game. All right. Uh, nothing more than just the fact that they, I just don't know who's going to show up for the Vikings. I said the Vikings are so Jekyll and Hyde, you don't know. And I just, again, that, that whole one-score thing, that's not sustainable. Again, like I, I don't know if there's ever been a team that has been able to do that all the way through a postseason as well, where they went undefeated in all – with this kind of a sample yeah. size. There's been plenty of teams that went four and zero or five and zero in one score games. They they're at ten or eleven right. games. Yeah, you you you're playing with fire every yep. time you do that. And there's no coaching advantage. Both of these guys are in their right. first year. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, I don't know. To me, this has all the makings of a game that could right. be. An and upset. I mean, look, yes, back in week fourteen, the Vikings did beat the Giants. That should be noted. But I think at this point, you could throw that out the window because, yeah, and, I, I mean, it doesn't really matter. And if point. I'm the Giants, I look at that and go, hey, we were on the road and we were in this game right yeah. till the end. We lost by a field goal at the end. We actually played really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we were right there. We could have won that game. You know, let's go get them. I mean, mm-hmm. the Giants, they, they do a couple of things really well. They don't turn it over mm-hmm. and they get off the field on third down. Um, on defense, which is two really key things. And they're pretty good offensively on third downs. Those kind of things are going to help to win you games. Yes, teams are going to make big plays. Justin Jefferson is probably going to get his. You can't stop that guy. But when it comes to third and ten, Mm -hmm. and you've got to get a stop and and that kind of stuff, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, dude. I mean, look, yes, but I just, yeah, I mean, I I don't, I don't, I think this is such a, Matchup that's just such a go, I know, go either I, way. I, right? I know. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with you. Man. All right, dude. I love Giants. it. All right. Last matchup we have here going into the Monday night game. Yeah. Um, we've got the for the first time in like forever, Tom Brady had a losing record at eight and nine. First it's, time in his career, yeah, I believe. Uh, uh, which clinched is the NFC amazing. South. Yeah. Uh, the number four Buccaneers going up against the Dallas Cowboys, who yeah. finished the season twelve and five. Um, yeah. I, I, what about this game? All right. So this one, break this they, one down. 
based off of the Cowboys' performance yesterday, I think a lot of people are going to be going, ugh. You know, like how how do they respond from that? And now yeah. you've got to go play Tom Brady. You know, these two teams, of course, you know, met back in week one in Dallas on Monday night mm-hmm. and or Sunday night, one of the two. It was one of those night games. Anyway, yeah. back in week one, it was a 19-3 to win for Tampa. Tom Brady didn't look particularly good, yeah. but but the Cowboys looked absolutely atrocious Correct. on offense. Um, from that point on, the two teams really went in opposite directions. Yes. Tampa really struggled. Dallas, their offense started to hum, and they looked really good. So before people get too crazy and overreact to this, you know, you look at Tampa, they, they played their starters for a quarter and took everybody out because the game was meaningless against Atlanta. But the week prior when they beat the Carolina Panthers to wrap up that division, first of all, they had to come back in that game. They mm-hmm. were down by 10 points for most of it. And the game didn't start to change until Carolina lost one of their starting corners. They were forced to play a backup on the outside. And from that point on, Mike Evans torched that guy. And for whatever reason, Carolina refused to give him help. So they're, they were throwing a backup out there who is not a good deep coverage guy. He mm. got burned three times by Mike Evans. Mike Evans, who hadn't caught a touchdown since week four, all of a sudden exploded. Brady's looking great. We're throwing 60-yard touchdowns over the top. He has a 200-yard receiving game and three touchdowns. And I think everybody's going to look at this and go, hey, yeah, Tampa's looking really good, and they're sure. playing really good, forgetting the fact that they gave up a boatload of points and had to rally back to beat a Carolina team that was led by Sam Darnold and doesn't have any receivers and really doesn't have a whole ton of talent on right. that team right now. Dallas is much better offensively. They have a much better quarterback. Granted, I'm, you know, I think Dak has not played as good as he probably could or should have. Okay. That being said, you have a a, a head coach that's been there in Mike McCarthy. I know there's uh, some people feel like there's a lot of pressure and he needs to win this game to keep his job. I think Mike McCarthy's won a lot of games in the last two years, and I think there was a lot of teams this year that had high expectations that fizzled out. Dallas is not one of them. Dallas right. won more games than they did last year. Yeah. So I look at this and I go, I think I think the Cowboys are going to be just fine. Okay. I think this is a little bit of this, you know, Cowboys game and the game from two weeks ago kind of being a mirage and like giving us a little bit of a fake picture of what's actually going to happen in this game. Okay. We know Dallas has a good defense. They can yep. get after the Micah quarterback. Micah Parsons is a beast. Micah Parsons is a beast. Yep. That's a strength for the Dallas defense. Right. Tom Brady's offensive line, terrible. Not a strength. We already know that. So they are much better at corner than Carolina is. So I I don't see Mike Evans going over the top for 200 yards and three touchdowns again. So you can take that out of the equation. Tampa's defense, even against Atlanta, against Carolina, struggled to make plays, struggled to really do anything of any note this year. Mm-hmm. They were a very blah unit. Correct. I don't see them all of a sudden just miraculously turning it on and mm-hmm. having their best game of the year, even though it's going to be Monday night down there. I, the weather won't be a factor, you know. I mean, so give me Dallas in this one. Okay. I, I think Dallas is going to throw just throw the tape away from this last game and say, hey, we know we're a lot better football team. Let's go out there and show it. If anything, maybe they get a little chip on their shoulder because I think that performance is going to cause more people to take Tampa this week. Um, you know, then and and then the game that started last year, the 2021 season, if you remember, was Dallas 
at Tampa Bay, and that was like a 27-24 was a great game right down to the stretch. So Tom Brady's nipped them the last two times. I think they're going to be motivated to get after him. I think Dallas is going to win this game. They're the better okay. team. They're the better okay. team, okay. and I think the real that that better Dallas team will actually show up on Monday night. Okay. Um, I I don't know if I have as much confidence in the Dallas Cowboys as what you have. Fair enough, man. Um, Normally, I don't have confidence in the Cowboys, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, fair uh, enough. Dude. You know, I, I just, I don't, I'm not saying this is like, you know, this, this is the Dallas Cowboys or the, the Minnesota Vikings, but I, I think that, you know, anytime anybody bets against a Tom Brady team, you, you get torched. Yeah, which has happened and, to me several you know, times this, this over is, the last this is, 20 years. Yeah, but this, for yeah, a lot of people. You'd think I would learn you know, by I now, mean, right? At this point, yeah. you know, Tom Brady is the Michael Jordan of the NFL. I mean, he's yeah. a guy that oh, has yeah. crushed how many people's hopes and dreams. That is true. Um, but, I, I mean, look, I, I think Tampa Bay hasn't scored more than, like, 24 points, like, except for, like, two times this entire season, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to score 24 points in the playoffs. Uh, no. You I have mean, to score you know, one more point yeah, than the other yeah, the opposition. Well, that is right. And yeah. if there, if this game, if somehow the the Tampa Bay defense is able to hold serve with mm-hmm. the with the Dallas Cowboys, and you get Tom Brady going down the stretch versus Dak Prescott going down the stretch. Yeah. Who's your money on? Okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, who's yeah. your? I mean, I get it. There's no Gronk. You know, he's missing. Antonio Brown's not there. You know, Brady's missing some pieces. But it's still Tom Brady. Yeah, dude, it's and, still and, Tom and, Brady. And it's it's incredibly hard to 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 go up against him. And and as much as you know, Dallas fans might be salivating at the idea of an eight and nine Tom Brady team that doesn't have all these pieces. You know, all these kinds of things. Is that really what you want to do? I, yeah. I mean, do you really want to count this guy out? I, I mean, I don't know, man. Todd Bowles is 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 been with this team. He, you know, I mean, yes, they haven't played particularly great. True. Yeah. But this is not some first year head coach or something no, like that. True. This is a yeah. guy that's been yeah. there with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians yeah. is still involved with this team. I I don't know, man. That's where I'm just like I'm, I struggle, man. I I struggle with just handing it over to the Cowboys because. And time and time again, the Cowboys have had opponents in front of them that are like, that's it, that's it, got that one in the bag, yeah. only to Dak to get carted off the field because the dude got hurt. Yeah, right. Only yeah. to have yeah. Ezekiel yeah. Elliott get yeah. carted yeah. off the field because yeah. he got hurt or right, being right. non-existent. You have C.D. Lamb, you've got a receipt, you know, you, you got pieces there, you got stuff going on, but Mike McCarthy's botched these games. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. I, I, if there's one team in this playoffs that I'm like, you could blow it. Yeah, well, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys yeah, are a team yeah. that I, I and I can't argue with any. You know, of that, they, they're all a team that could points. blow it. Yeah, yeah. And, but this is a team kind of like the Niners. This is a team that could very easily challenge the the Chiefs or the Bills for a yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. If they get their heads right. Yeah, yeah, I and, agree. And I don't know. This is just a game that's yeah. ripe for 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 for. Um, just being overconfident and going out there and losing. Not yeah. saying you're going to go out there and lose badly. It's not like I don't think that oh, Tampa yeah, Bay is no, going to no. all of a sudden. I think this is discover, a good game, no matter which way it goes. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think that Tampa Bay is going to score, you know, forty some odd points all of a sudden. I, I don't think that. No, no, I But be... I think this is a team that you know, I'm pick, if Brady's going down with forty five seconds left and he's got three timeouts, I, I, I you know, oh, and they're down. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. How many okay. times have you seen yep. him, you know? Too but many then, times. 
Too many. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, having said all of that... I, uh-huh. So, who wins the game? <laughs> look, Tom Brady's magic has to end at some point in time. It, I, I, I think you've got some young defensive yeah. talent there. Micah Parsons, the guy yeah. we've already named. I, I, you know, this could very well be just a really ugly game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and not a pretty offensive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, I, I do think Dallas wins this game. As okay. much as I just made a yeah. case against them, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just saying I'm just making the argument in the case that like this well, is you a made game. Great that I don't think that the, the Dallas yeah. Cowboys have this game in the bag, and I think that yeah, if I they agree. do think that, I, I you know it's it's going to bite them in the butt. And maybe that, and maybe that's why yesterday's performance actually could be a good thing for them okay. because it could be a wake up call. Sure, and like, okay. hey, um, okay, we got to continue to work. And I also think going into that game, I, I think the Cowboys probably had some overconfidence stuff. You know, you yeah. look at the Commanders; yeah. they, they didn't play a lot of their starters. You know, they played a quarterback that had never played before, and they didn't they were they didn't have a playoff spot or anything right. like that. It's not like yeah, they're division rivals, but there's there's not like some heated thing where you know Dak was talking crap about them or something. You know, right, like this right. extra bulletin board material. So I look at it, and I think Dallas probably felt like, hey, we can go. We'll be able to win this game. Yeah. And then uh, you start getting into the second quarter, and you realize, mm, we're not playing our best. We're not real crisp today. And the commanders, their backups, are treating it like their Super Bowl. Right. And a lot of times in that situation, teams pack it in. Yeah. Look at the Carolina Saints game, 10-7 to 7 yesterday. Everybody packed that in. Yeah. Nobody had his burning desire to win that game. Right. I think they felt like they were going to get that kind of effort from the commanders, and it was the complete opposite. Yeah, And they probably got to a point in that game where Dallas said, okay, we know we're in the playoffs. We know that we're going to be playing next week. Mm-hmm. We're not going to win this game. This team's outplaying us. And you, you, when that starts to creep in mentally, you're going to end up losing that football game. And guys, can, guys will be like, oh, no, we felt we could win up to the end. It's not true for every NFL game. Right. I felt like that was a little bit of the case probably yesterday. Again, they weren't playing that great. You get to the second half, you're losing, you know, 20 to 6, whatever it is, 19 to 16 6, and you're probably just going, mm, it's not our day. Right. And, you know, and you just, you start to pack it in a little bit. Yeah. And you, and you realize we're getting ready to play for a game next week. Guys don't go quite as hard because you, you don't want to risk getting injured and right. stuff like that. You don't want to have a Chargers situation on your hands. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, Mikey, I like it. Hey, there you go, guys. We're, we we were all in agreement on uh, on all of our picks, although you made some great points about this Tampa-Dallas game. Um, but, you know, you look at the uh, the NFC, and I, and I think uh, these really intriguing matchups yeah. all the way around and a couple of coin toss games there. Yeah. And, you know, hey, if, if, if our picks are right and Dallas and the Giants both win, you'd have the five and the six advancing, so we'd have a couple upsets there. Yeah. There's always at least one or two upsets sure. in wild card weekend, so it's going to happen yeah. somewhere. Um, I think Mikey and I nailed the picks, but, you know, I'm – I'm a little biased. Yeah, of biased. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Okay. Anything else to wrap on this shiny bow for Super Wild Card Weekend before we? Uh, no, you know? I I don't think so. Um, okay. No, I, I I think we 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 summed that up pretty well. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. It'll be it'll be good. Me too, brother. Be good. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we got some NBA guys to yes, talk sir. about when we come back.
Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 2, Grand Finale Extravaganza here, of course. Uh, Mikey and myself, we, we took you through the AFC and NFC Super Wild Card Weekend Playoff Picture. Just gave you our picks. Yep. Uh, go ahead, lock those in mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But now it's time, of course, to switch it up and go over to the NBA, where... You know, we've had a lot happen since the last time we convened as well. Yeah. We had, we've had a couple incredible individual efforts out there. Yep. Uh, Donovan Mitchell absolutely balled out. He had a 71-point game. Mm-hmm. Um, Giannis had a 55-point game recently for the Bucks. Um, But the, really, the, the name of the game so far this year, Mikey, seems yeah. to be parody. Yeah. 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 So far around the league. Um, but, you know, your Lakers are starting to come on, of course, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and Unfortunately, you know, AD injured again, but but LeBron is playing at an extremely high level, and mm-hmm. they're starting to come on right now. Uh, Mikey, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts right now on where the NBA is at, my friend? And uh, uh, you know, yeah, um, yeah, we got some we got some interesting stuff going yeah. on uh, uh, here. Um, you know, just to kick it off the top, like you said, you know, there's a lot as of right now. Mm-hmm. And we are nearing the halfway point of the season. We're we're at forty games already. Yeah, we're at for forty already. Wow! All right. Um, you know there is not a clear cut favorite at all. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, I don't. There's think really not that there is any team that is head and shoulders above the rest. I agree. Um, it, you know, it seems like every week or every two weeks there there's a stretch where. You know, there's one team that's absolutely playing lights out and then, you know, something happens and, and, and another team takes their place. Case in point, the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, it, more recently, the Brooklyn Nets, they were on a 12-game winning streak and then they lost and they're 9-1 and one in their last 10. Um, and, you know, they just found out today after the playing of the Miami Heat that they're going to be without Kevin Durant, who's been playing well. They're going to be out without him for the next two to three weeks um, with a sprained knee. So, Ooh. you know, again, the te- a team that has clawed their way back after some, hot. you know, yeah. beginning of the season yeah. turmoil, yeah. And, turmoil and losing, and you know, firing yeah. Steve Nash That's and, right. and putting, yeah. implementing Jock Vaughn as the head coach and yeah. the Kyrie Irving business and the, the offseason, the, the trades and mm-hmm. that weren't and mm-hmm. all this other kind of stuff. You know they they've been arguably the hottest team in the league, and yeah, they, you know, yeah, really. They've, they've yep. clawed their way back up. They're twenty seven and thirteen. Ben um, Simmons has started to play better during right. that hot streak. Yeah, you I know? mean you, yep. you haven't heard anything with regards to this team and and, and moves that they need to make or or anything right. like yeah. that. They, they, yep. they've, they've shut up the haters, and yeah, now all of a sudden you know they're, they're going to be without ah, KD loss. for a couple weeks. Uh, you know, your Bucks, same kind of thing. You know, Giannis went on this tear where he was just lighting up the league and scoring. I think he put up a 55-point game, uh, you know. But they, they've struggled because you, you have Chris Middleton once again. Chris Middleton, dude, like, I, I you know, he's been injured. Yeah, he's, he's not been he's not, out he's of the not lineup been again. Playing. And, um, yeah. You know, but, but when you look at the parity, I mean, look. You know the Boston Eastern Conference, right? You've got the Boston Celtics sitting at twenty-eight and twelve. Mm-hmm. The the next, you know, you look at the top ten teams because you got seven, eight, and nine. Seven, eight, nine, and ten are the play-in teams, right? Sure. The Hawks are only nine games behind the Celtics. They're wow. at nineteen and, they're and twenty-one in, in the ten spot, right? And now. they're in the ten wow. spot, right? Wow. You look at the top six teams, 
and there's five and a half games separating the Pacers from the Celtics, which is probably about par for the course. But, I mean, look, my, my point is is that any one of these teams, the Pacers are 8-2 and two in their last 10. They've got a better record over the last 10 games than the Boston Celtics do at 6-4. at six and four. Yeah. You know, yeah. the Bucs are 4-6 yeah. in their last 10, right? Like, none yeah. of these teams, I, I have no idea. You could not tell me right now that you can say that the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, or even your Bucks are going to run away with the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, no, I don't see that right now. I think that's going to be, I think, I think those teams are going to continue to duke it out, and Cleveland will hang around on the fringe as well, right, up, right down the stretch. Exactly. Yep. Now you flip it over to the Western Conference, right? So the Denver Nuggets are sitting at number one at 26 and 13. Okay. Right? They're 8-2 yep. in their last 10. Playing good ball. All right. The number 10 spot is the Portland Trailblazers at 19 and 20. They're only seven games behind the Denver Nuggets. Wow, for so that only number one. seven games seven separating games the one them. and the two. And in fact, right now, the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies are both tied for the best record in the Western Conference at 26 and 13. 13. The okay. Pelicans, up until a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago, they were the number were one the one, seed one. You're in, right. in yeah. the Western yep. Conference. And they're currently sitting at number three. The Dallas Mavericks, who for a large part of the season so far, have been out of the play-in tournament. They've been out of the, the picture, as it were. They're currently sitting at four at 23 and 18. They're eight and two in their last 10 wow. games. Okay? Wow. Like, I, I don't know what to make of this. Any given night, a team could go out there and blow out the other team. You know, you've got teams, you got the Rockets, you know, they're, they're terrible. They're, they've got the worst record in the NBA. They're 10 and 30. But they're going out and winning, and games, winning games and, yeah. and blowing a team out. You know, the San Antonio Spurs, the Thunder, the Thunder are right there on the cusp. The Jazz. The Jazz are doing what you thought the Jazz would do. They started coming down to earth. In fact, they're currently number 12 in the Western okay, Conference. Okay, so they, they are, dropped out of the yep, play-in like we kind of figured they, they yep. would do and everything. But Exactly. Three and seven in their last ten. The Lakers, as you mentioned, they're six and four in their last ten. They're on a five-game winning streak. Um, in fact, they're on one of the um, larger winning streaks in the NBA behind only the Memphis Grizzlies, who have won six in a row. They've got the second longest wow. winning streak okay. in the NBA currently. All right. Uh, which that's going to be in jeopardy tonight as they go into Denver and play the Nuggets uh, without LeBron James, I should Ooh, say. Yeah. So that's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's it's this situation where the Lakers are half a game out of the play-in tournament. I mean, hell, they're half a game. They're only a full game behind the Clippers, who are currently sitting at number seven in the Western Conference. That's how close this is. Unreal, dude. And 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 it is it, it's it's amazing. And what's even more interesting when you look at this, Chris, is you think about it. Yeah. January fifteenth, the whole other slate of players is going to be eligible to be traded. Guys can start signing ten day contracts. Teams can start signing ten day contracts. The Lakers just did it. They're going to bring in Demarcus Cousins, okay. I guess, this okay. week allegedly um, uh, to possibly fill in the spot while AD is still out. Apparently, AD is going to ramp up his uh, uh, recovery okay. um, from his foot injury. Uh, so he, they're they're speculating that they're looking at an end of January return for Anthony Davis. Oh, that would be huge, right? Yeah, Wouldn't yeah it? absolutely. February is the trade deadline. Which one of these teams is going to blink? Right, yeah, and make Good a point. trade Good and point. say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Who's going to take a look at these standings and say, you know what? We're missing a piece or two. Right, We've got these draft yeah. picks. We yep. got this player here. We got this guy here. Who's going to make that call and and make a trade? And 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 either run away with this and 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 become this 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 juggernaut of a team in a in a in a very equal NBA right now, 
Who's going to do it? And, and, and who's not going to do it and possibly fall by the wayside? I don't know. Um, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's great for basketball because it just means that more people tune in because yeah, you have no clue, yeah, you have no gonna, clue who's going to win on you any given night. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's fascinating stuff. Uh, Steph Curry's supposed to come back, you know, the golden state warriors, they've clawed their way up to number six. They're 20 and 20, wow. um, you know, and, and they're about to get Curry back. Uh, which is going to be a boon for them because they've been relying a lot on Jordan Poole. And while Poole has played well, uh, you know, he, he he's no Steph Curry. So it, it's going to be fascinating, dude. But I want to get your thoughts, man. Yeah. I, you know, what do you make of like your Bucks, for example? Because there, there was an article I was reading today and it was talking about teams that are ripe to make a trade. And I, I got I to gotta agree. The article was talking about the, the Bucks. It was on the Bleacher Report, and the Bucks were mentioned, and they were mentioned as suitors for Kyle Kuzma. Okay. Um, possibly having to give up, like, Grayson Allen, possibly having to give sure, up maybe yeah. some of your peripheral yeah. pieces, but keeping your, your core intact. I don't know, man. Like, are, are your Bucks one of those teams? Do you consider your Bucks to be buyers at the trade deadline here, where maybe they're they're looking at, you know, bolstering their roster to try and make another push? Yeah, I, what do I, you think? I think so, Mikey. I mean, there's been a couple of guys that have stepped up this year. And, I mean, earlier in the year, Grayson Allen was playing really good and, and had kind of elevated his game a little bit. Not that he's dropped off completely or mm-hmm. anything, but... With Chris Middleton's continued kind of injury and not really being in the lineup much at all, I think that will cause them, yes, to be buyers for sure. Because when you look at it, and and especially as you look at the teams that you might potentially have to match up against with with the Nets, the Celtics in particular, I think they've got to get a little bit deeper. and, And a guy that can shoot the ball like Kuzma, that can score like him, would be the kind of player that they they, they could use at the moment. The okay. role players are pretty well set, um, but you know, it, it, depending on the health of Middleton, and even if he is healthy, yeah, you, it might be a scenario where he just can't go out there and play forty minutes every night. So bringing somebody else like that in and kind of rounding out your rotations and things like that, I could totally see that. We've been okay. buyers the last few years at the trade deadline. Some of the moves were splashy, some weren't. Right. Um, but you know, the 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 one in, in particular from two years ago where we got um oh well, I forgot his name, the guy from the Suns who then went to the Heat last year and now is with the Sixers, but when we went and got him Oh yeah, uh, PJ, PJ Tucker. Tucker. There we go. Mm-hmm. When we got got PJ, for instance, you know, kind of a little under the radar move, but ended up paying big dividends right. for us. So I do think we're going to be buyers, Mikey. Okay, I do agree okay. with that. I do think they're going to look and go, you know what? We've got a good team. We're, we're that, certainly one of the contenders, but we also got to think about, okay, we, we're going to have to get past the Nets. We're going to have to get past Cleveland. We're going to have to get past Boston in the postseason. What can we do to kind of give ourselves a little bit more firepower to be able to do that? Um, yeah. Because we have struggled – uh, with the Cavs, we've struggled with the Hawks this year, and uh, the Nets have kind of been back and forth as far as with them. But the last time we played them, they beat us pretty good too. So I think they're going to look and go, yeah, we could use something else. Yeah. Uh, that being said, winning the championship two years ago and everything and and stuff, I I don't think they're going to worry too much if they kind of continue to stay where they're at type of thing. Right. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be fine, you know, uh, going into the postseason. So okay. hopefully they can stay healthy, but yeah, I do, I do feel like they're going to be buyers. Okay. Um, and you know, the other, just, which you just 
touched on, the other bigger thing that is standing out to me is just all that parity. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd mentioned how the Warriors clawed their way up. Yeah. But they're still 20 and 20. And to, to your point, like how close it is, if they had two more losses, they would be behind the Lakers and out of the play-in tournament. Right. Just two right. more losses. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's it's really crazy. Um, how close everything is now. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Timberwolves are the one team that really, okay. for me, and I think we talked about this a little bit before we hit record, and you were talking about it in particular, but if there's a team that's going to make a move, yeah, I think it's them. I mean, they, they, they went so all in with that Rudy Gobert trade, yeah. and it's just not working out so right. far that I think you're right. They're going to sit there and go, all right, we got to go, and we got to do something to, right. to shake this team yeah. back to life, like yeah. you said. Yeah, right now we're in the play-in tournament, but for a team that was, what, the 6 or 5 mm-hmm, seed last mm-hmm. year, to be sent at number 9 and actually regressing compared yeah. to last year's team, yeah, I I, I, I think they make a move. Um, I love what your Lakers have been doing lately. I think it's, again, still just a matter of time before they slip into that play-in tournament. Okay. And if AD comes back, of course, that's going to be huge. LeBron, yeah. LeBron has been playing phenomenally. Yeah. Um, you know, so kudos to him. Mm-hmm. Those are the bigger things that are really okay. sticking out to me okay. right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in a week, <laughs> the standings could be completely different. Right. And, you know, yeah. like, so, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, it's just that kind of shuffling and parody like you were yeah. talking about. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the Timberwolves are, are one team that I think, is, is, like you said, you know, and I mentioned it, is is it, mm-hmm. they're ripe for some sort of a change. The downside is, is that I don't know how much they have in terms of capital. That's because nice, right we, after that Gobert trade, after they that gave Gobert, up so they gave, much. gave up a lot, yeah. and you know I don't think there's a lot of teams at this point that are very high on what D'Angelo Russell can bring to the table. Good point. He's a guy yeah. that kind of fades away in big moments. Um, you know, he was masked a lot last season by the play of Patrick Beverly. Good point. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah. and and I think that the league as a whole is, and Minnesota's finding this out firsthand, you know, what Utah has struggled with over the last couple of seasons is how do you play effective basketball, especially on the offensive end when you have Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think if there's one play that kind of uh, is indicative of the Timberwolves season thus far, and it just happened here within the last couple of days, Rudy Bear gets the rebound. He plays point center and he takes the ball coast to coast. He fakes out the defender he has a wide open layup or dunk, and he botches it. Yeah. And you know, and and then the follow up, I, I forgot what Minnesota player it was. They also botched it. And I think they got there was a foul called, whatever. But but the bottom line was is that Rudy Gobert had a good defensive play, gets the ball, dribbles it down the court, doesn't give it to a guard, you know, whatever. He fakes out the guy. He's wide open layup, and he botched it. And so I, I think that's where, you know, if you're the Timberwolves, I'm not saying that you regret the decision you made because you were you were on the cusp of, 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 of playing really well. You really put yourselves on the map. You know, Chris Finch and the coaching staff did a phenomenal job of getting that team to gel and, and do its thing. But you had Carl Anthony Towns, who was healthy for a good part of the year. Yeah. You had a lot of intangibles. You had the play of Patrick Beverly. Sure. Oh, um, yeah. You Big had a time. lot of things that... His perimeter that, defense was... Hundred percent, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think that you had, you know, a lot of 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 the right recipe at the right time last year, mm-hmm. and 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 rather, I think you probably could have made some moves on the peripheral and not put so much so much into into Rudy Gobert. So I think maybe there's a little bit of buyer's remorse. 
Again, I don't know what you can do at this point in time to help reverse right, that, except yeah. for hope for better health and hope that, you know, Rudy Gobert does enough offensively and defensively to be able to play him and Cat on the on the floor at the same, the same time. time. Right. Yeah. You know, Anthony yeah. Edwards has seemed to digress a little bit. Yeah. He hasn't been the quite the the difference maker that he was last season. And I, I think part of that's just being a young player. Yeah. And, you know, as you see time and time again in the NBA, Chris, you know, these younger guys, they have these breakout seasons and no one seems to be able to to match up with them or game plan for them. Sure. But then when you have a whole season's worth of tape, you go out there and you're like, okay, this is how we can attack this guy. This is how we can get after him. And, you know, and 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 I think you're seeing that. Um, sure. You know, I what I'm what I'm curious to know is especially in the keeping it in the Western sure. Conference. Yeah, I'm curious to know. You know, and I haven't heard a whole lot from my Clipper fan base friends. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah. the Clippers. I mean, here's another team that I think is is priming itself for a reinvention because yeah. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, when they're on the floor together, are one of the best tandems in the NBA. Yeah, the Clippers are one of the best teams in the NBA when they play. The problem is, is that they they only play together once every like dozen games or so. So, you know, I'm not saying Ty Lue is the issue because that's not his fault. But at some point in time, you're going to have to look at this roster and you're going to have to make some decisions. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Steve Ballmer, I've been willing to pay a bunch of money and mm-hmm. uh, you, you look. No disrespect to Kawhi mm-hmm. or even Paul George or anything, but I, I got to get guys that are going to be available every yeah. night. I don't know yeah. how the hell you can build a team when your two stars are are never available to play together. And when they are, take games off mm-hmm. to manage mm-hmm. their health. I get trying to be healthy going into the postseason, but guess what? It didn't work last year. And this is a team that, by all accounts, everybody had this as a top four team. Right. They were the sexy pick to yeah. represent the Western Conference in yeah. the finals. Yeah. And they're 500 right now. Yeah, 21 I mean, and 21. 21 and yeah. 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not re- there's, when you look at them, there's not been anything that makes you go, wow, you know, like, oh, or, or yeah, nothing. It's I just know. more like, okay, when are we going to see the potential? At some point you have to realize you might've saw the potential already. Right. And like you said, you need to make some adjustments and do some reinvent, yeah, some reinventing. Exactly. And you know, I at, at what point in time do you go? Okay, we tried Paul George and, and Kawhi. It didn't work. So right. now, what are we going to do? Right. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and is Reggie Jackson, you know, as well as he played last year in the playoffs, as well as he has played for this franchise, and you know, he's a serviceable player, but Absolutely. you know, is he the guy that's going to help lead this team as the starting right. point guard? You know, is he going to be that guy? Um, you know, another player that's been grossly underutilized this year has been Terrence Mann. Um, yeah, right. You know, I yeah. mean, he's a guy again that you know. I mean, he's this kind of undersized forward at six foot five, but you know, he he's an, an energy guy. He's a difference maker. He has been in the past. I mean, there's just a lot of things with this roster, and this is a team that, like you said, going into the season was a sexy pick to represent the Western Conference in the finals. You know, all these kinds of things. And, and and they've got depth that any team in the NBA, 29 other teams in the NBA would be envious of. Totally. And they're not it's not gelling in the same way that you would like yeah. it to. And I and I think, you know, obviously you don't think about trading or doing anything with Leonard or, or Paul George, but you know, what's gonna be the what's gonna bring you the most return? 
one right. of those two guys. One of those two guys. And, you know, I, I just don't know. And with Kawhi Leonard, ever since that weird year with the San Antonio Spurs, where he just yeah. all but disappeared. Yeah. And then he kind of re he got traded to Toronto. He emerged. He helped Toronto win a championship, right? Yeah. And he goes to the Clippers that very next season. And now all of a sudden he has this, like, he just, he's this enigma, man. And, and you know, if you're a Clipper fan, I don't know, man. Hit us up on the Instagrams or whatever, man. Like, yeah, and, yeah. You know, give us our it, thoughts it, for real. Because I'm, I'm really curious. This, I, I just don't, like, doesn't make any sense. And, right. Yeah, and it, in, a, in a league that is it has so much parity, it has nobody that's clearly running away with this. You would think that Kawhi would play more. You would think that they would look at this as an opportunity to take advantage of this depth that they have and go out there and that's just beat it. opponents, and they're not doing they're not. it. And I don't know. That's that's suspect to me. Um, you know, the Phoenix Suns, 2021, they've been hurt. Yeah, they've been all sorts been, of things. Yeah, you've been missing. Yeah. You've been playing without Jay Crowder. Still haven't found a trade for him. Uh, what's going on there? You have no clue. But, you know, look, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're 26 and 13. John Morant is putting his, his the stamp on these games. You know, he, he's coming out there and playing well and, and playing like an MVP candidate. Absolutely. The Pelicans, same kind yep, of thing. The yep. Mavericks, Luka has gone out there and Luka. he's put up some ridiculous oh, numbers. Yeah. Um, and he's really movement. making a case same, for uh, MVP. Absolutely. Um, you know, the Sacramento Kings, 20 and 18. You know, Holding Lakers strong in that five yeah, spot, man. dude. Holding They're, strong. You know, They've been Brown. the one constant for like the last three or four they weeks. They really have. They're <laughs> locked in that five spot. Exactly, dude. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that there there this this there's something building here in the NBA and and I think that there's gonna be somebody that's gonna make a play for a player. There there's gonna be a trade, maybe not a blockbuster, but there's yeah. gonna be a domino that's gonna fall and it's going to create it's gonna open the floodgates. Yeah. Yep. And, and and this league is not going to look the same at the end of the season as it does right now. Mark Ooh, my words. All I, right, I don't Mikey. Think so. There we go. I think, okay. Look, okay. we got two teams in particular in the Eastern Conference. We're going to break this down. We're Sounds actually going to take a, a segment break. When okay. we come back, we're gonna, I'm going to break down the teams that I think are ripe for some change. We'll be catch you on the flip side, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards podcast season two grand finale extravaganza sports guy. Chris here with my good friend Mikey as yep. always. We just gave you a quick NBA standings rundown there. We went through the parody around the league, kind of identified some teams that, you know, we think at least, you know, certainly in the Western Conference that could be ripe for making some moves and things mm -hmm. like that. Mikey did a great job of just kind of breaking down the overall parody of where everything's at. And now Mikey yeah. wants to jump in. He's yeah. got his eye on the Eastern Conference yeah. guys and a couple of teams that he thinks are ripe for some changes. Yep. All right, my friend, I am ready. Our listeners are ready. Who do you think is going to be, well, maybe not blowing it up, but certainly making some moves in the Eastern Conference sooner rather than later? Okay, so two of these teams are not exactly, they're not, anybody that follows the NBA, uh, which I would imagine is quite a few of our listeners, uh, knows that these are two teams that have been in the conversation 
but it's the Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, okay? I, a couple of teams that probably have playoff aspirations yes. going into yep. the season and yep. just are kind of like, bleh. Yep, <laughs> so the Chicago Bulls currently sitting at number 9. They're 19-21, okay. and 21, same record as the Los Angeles Lakers who are sitting outside of the play-in mm-hmm. tournament. So mm-hmm. just to give you an idea of the different conferences and okay. where they're at. But I think the Chicago Bulls, look, they're probably one of the few teams that is ripe for change because – you know, outside of maybe the the Clippers and, and you know, the Western Conference. And I'll tell you what. For one, you've had a tenured coach in Billy Donovan that has done an admirable job with what he's been dealt. But okay, hasn't yeah. been able to get out of uh, get out of a rut, get yeah, out of the hump. That's or, true. Or really yeah. put this team into a situation of consistent basketball. Yeah, good point. The other point is, the other thing that I want to say is that, mm-hmm. you know, you've been, you've attached yourself at the hip with Zach Levine this entire time. Yeah. Yeah, and he hasn't come through for you. He, yeah. He's complained about his role. He's complained about his playing time. And despite the fact that last season the Chicago Bulls, or parts of it, were one of the better teams in the Western they Conference, were. Uh, with the addition, you know, granted, with the additions of Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Demar Derozan, sure, you know, you, you had these players come in and they helped kind of change the makeup of what this team was able Absolutely. to do. They were able to, you know, mask Zach Levine on the defensive side of the yeah. basketball, allowed him to be more free on the offensive side, um, and and really put together some good basketball. You know, Lonzo getting hurt didn't help him. Uh, Alex Caruso getting hurt didn't help them. Um, you know, this team doesn't shoot a lot of threes. They, they, DeMar they DeRozan is yeah. historically not a three-point shooter. No. He doesn't like shooting threes for whatever reason. He doesn't, it's not like he shoots terribly from three. He no. just doesn't shoot just enough doesn't, to, yeah, to warrant, right. you know, defenses to, to, to get up on yeah, him. And, true. And, and, you know, they're able to play defensively against him a little bit easier and against the rest of the Chicago Bulls. Sure. But I think this is a team that's ripe for some change. I, I, I think that, you know, that front office is going to sit there. And, yes, they're in the playing tournament. But if they're able to not trade away all of their pieces, but if they're able to move two or three of these guys and get draft picks, possibly some younger players in return, I think that's a move that you have to do. And I, and I, and I think that the Zach Levine trade, I know he's been attached to the Lakers. I know that you know he's been out there. I think he's one of those guys that could use a change of scenery as well. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, it just, yeah, exactly with the way that's been headed. And, you know, to your point, this was a, a really good team for the majority of the season last year. Lonzo Ball got hurt. You know, Alex Crusoe and and those losing those guys, they mm-hmm. kind of started to drop off a little bit, and eventually mm-hmm. I think settled at the sixth seed and and ended up losing to the Bucks in the first round. But you're right for the good majority of the season, a team that was at the top of the mm-hmm. of the Eastern Conference, and I think Zach Levine took a step forward, and then you expected him kind of to take another step forward. He yeah. didn't do much in the playoffs. You know, to despite the fact that they needed him to, yes. right? You know, right. I mean, yep. there was no, yep. uh, no Lonzo playing or anything. They needed him to. So you look at it, and you go, you look at the one guy on that team that's going to fetch you the most in return, and it's it's him, right? And like yep. you said, you've been attached for so long. He's been there for a long time. You might have already seen what the apex is going to be for yeah. him in a Chicago Bulls uniform. Correct. And I think you're right. He's a kind of guy that could benefit from a change of scenery. And if you're the Bulls, you want to – the iron's not quite as hot as it once was, but you want to strike before it cools off completely. Yeah. Um, and now would be a good time to do that. Yeah. So I agree with you, Mike. I think that's a great uh, a great point. 
and uh, a move the Bulls should make. Yeah. I mean, and I would, I assume there would be a plethora of suitors for Levine. He's in his prime. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree with that to a point. I, I just think that, you, I think it just all depends on, for one, like you mentioned, what the market is for him, and then who's who's uh, looking at, uh, you know, trying to acquire his services. Right, right yeah, yeah. Because this is not a guy that's been known as a good defender. He's not somebody who who rebounds the basketball particularly well. Yeah, Okay. True. So, I mean, yeah. I think he scores. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. totally. Yeah, he scores. He's a good he can score the yeah. basketball. Yeah. But as far as assists, as far rebounds. as rebounding yeah, is concerned, stuff like that, he's maybe not the greatest. He seems to be kind of a one-trick pony. So, I do think that that's the one caveat here is that – Okay, that's going yeah, right. to that's gonna market. limit now, your market. Now, yep. a team to watch out for is a team perhaps like the OKC Thunder. The OKC Thunder, have a, they've got a lot of cap space. They yep. can absorb a yep. contract that, like Zach Levine and without having to give up. still be in good shape going up. forward. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. So I think that if you're looking at multiple team-type trades, you know, um, I, I think that the Thunder could be one of those teams to help facilitate that. Okay. And take on somebody like Levine. Levine would be able to come into a team that's a lot of young pieces, but he's rebuilding. I, I, I just Zach Levine just strikes me as the kind of guy that it really doesn't matter where he ends up, whether he stays with Chicago, he goes to another team, dude. He's just not he's just not gonna be happy. Yeah. And he's a guy that I think is thinks he's an apex type player. He's a guy that thinks he's an alpha, that thinks he's, you know, uh uh the the man. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. really He's a second or a third piece. Yeah. He's not a yeah. primary guy. Um, given that, he probably, yes, to your point, he's probably the guy that makes the most sense to try and trade. Uh, you know, DeRozan, you know, as good as he is, I think he probably nets you more than Zach Levine. I think he would be more coveted than Zach Levine. Okay. But he too is a guy that like doesn't shoot a lot of threes in this current NBA he's not a guy that right. you want you want a guy that can help spread I mean, that floor the, he came aboard last year and, right. and the start the turnaround was very stark of course they they did a great job mm-hmm. the end of the season prior to building that roster with some of the moves they made right. with trades and stuff but to your point that you said earlier you kind of already know what you got with yeah. Levine so far yeah. and he's been there for so long i mean demar not to take not Credit goes to everybody, but right. Demar coming in shot this team forward a little Correct. bit. Yeah. I want to hang on yeah. to him and continue to build. Same thing with Lonzo and Alex. Caruso. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, but I, I think when it comes down to yeah, you got Vucevic, probably a candidate to get traded just because he's an expiring contract, if I'm not mistaken. I think so you're right. Yeah. I think I, I think that there's, but I just I, I do I think that there's pieces that you can okay. move. See what Billy Donovan can do with that. See yeah. what that looks yeah. like. And then depending on what that looks like at the end of the season, then you either make a decision about Billy Donovan, either keeping him or, or you know, moving on from him and starting from you know, sure. scratch. Sure. But I, I do think the Chicago Bulls are right for that. The other team that I think is right, not to change coaches, by the way, uh, I want to stress that, but a team that's right for a little bit of, of movement and movement of key components is the Toronto Raptors. This is a team okay. that, you know, All last right. year was okay. flirting with a top five seed. They were playing really, really, really well. They weren't. Yes, Pascal Siakam came out and kind of really took it on and, and was becoming the star type player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His, his his son, is, 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 his star has started to diminish just a little bit. Scotty yeah. Barnes hasn't played particularly great this season. No, uh, I agree. You know, Fred Van Vliet, all these guys, OG Ananobi, you know. But I think that this is a team... 
that kind of like the Chicago Bulls could probably move on from Fred Van Vliet, probably move on yeah. from Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. As a <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. as a younger guy, OG Ananobi, a guy maybe you try and trade. I think you try and you keep Scotty Barnes, you keep Pascal Siakam. I agree. But I think those other guys I think can be had for the right prices. And I, I, I think while maybe not catapulting you into the playoffs help set you up for a future in which you're going to be bright where some of the other teams that have older players are going to maybe start to, you know, the 76ers come to sure. mind. Maybe teams that aren't might not be there, you know, a year or two from now, uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets, um, you can you can make a play for them uh, yeah. to, to, to creep up there in terms of, of standings and, and, and whatnot. But that's what, that's what I think. Okay. I, I think right, those two Mikey. teams in particular – <laughs> you know, are, are right for some change. Um, I think that All there's right. teams I out there that, that are willing totally. to facilitate yeah. that yeah. Um, and help make that happen. The Warriors are another team that's kind of fascinating because you've got Draymond Green, you've got Jordan Poole, you've got some of these guys that are going to be up for contract, contract extensions. Um, you know, you've got some younger pieces like Wiseman, um, like yeah. Moody. Yeah. Um, I, I think you've got some pieces there in the Golden State Warriors team that they might try and dangle some of those younger pieces out there and see what kind okay. of return they can get to help catapult them. Now, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of teams willing to trade with them and put them in a position to be competing for <laughs> right, a yeah, Again, yeah, but right. But the, the thing is, is that they have just enough. Kaminga is another guy. Yeah, they you're right. They got just enough. They'd be like, that, hey. You know, we'll give yeah. you some of these younger pieces. You know, Kaminga's only 20 years old, right? Like, you know, you've got uh, Moody, who's only 20 years yeah. old. You know, you, you've got uh, these guys that you could dangle out there. And, and, and there's going to be teams that are going to want that youth. And they're going to willing, be willing to trade. What that looks like, not entirely sure. Maybe that's a Zach Levine type player. I don't know. Um, But I I do think that there are some players there. I think the Warriors are going to be players at looking at how they can improve this roster. Yeah, I agree. Um, And and because, again, same kind of thing. If you're a contender and or you know you're the defending champs in this case, or you're the Phoenix Suns or whatever, you look at this the way that the NBA is, and you say it's wide open. It's wide open. We we can make some tweaks. That's yeah. why I don't count out the Lakers. I know yep. that the Lakers are currently sitting at 11th, Chris, but and they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of young pieces clearly that anybody wants. They do have salaries in Kendrick Nunn, yeah. Patrick Beverly that they could possibly move to help facilitate yeah. and make salaries match and stuff. Yeah. I don't think they need to go out there and get the big names. Yeah, but I think that they're a team that you look at the way they've played. Look at the way that Thomas Bryant has played. You sure. Look at the yeah. way that uh, Schroeder has played. Yeah. You look at the way that Russ Westbrook has played off the bench. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, LeBron James, who I believe has been averaging thirty-eight points since his thirty-eighth birthday. He's the current Western Conference Player of the Week. Yeah. I think that you know you make a couple tweaks, man. This is a this is a team too that if they continue gelling the way that they are. Anthony Davis comes back from his foot injury and plays to the pl- level he was playing at or close to the level he was at right. prior to the injury, the Lakers now all of a sudden become a dangerous team in the Well, Western And Conference. I agree with you, Mikey, in particular with the Lakers. And, and you look, okay, you go, you look at them and, and you take the 2-10 and 10 slow start out of the equation when they were trying to figure out, are we going to have Russell Westbrook? Is he going to come off the bench? Yeah. Is AD going to be healthy enough to play? Since then, they're yeah. seventeen and eleven yeah. on a five-game winning streak. 
But if you would just take that sample, 17 and 11 would be good enough to have you as a top four seed right now in yep. either conference. So I agree with you. I think the Lakers are coming on right now. LeBron is playing better. Mm-hmm. And you've been able to kind of withstand this this AD injury thing. Um, and and some of your role players are starting to to, to blossom a little bit. Yeah. So you've, you've gotten some good contributions there. So I look at the Lakers and... I see them continuing to creep up, and as they continue to creep up, I, I think it's just going to give those guys more and more confidence. Yeah. I think, you know, um, not that LeBron wasn't motivated last year, but I think you got to a certain point last season and you just realized, I, I don't know, this is going to be such an uphill climb yeah. for us to get over. It's just not going to happen. Right. But knowing that AD, uh, you know, you can get him back, but he's already showing these glimpses of we haven't yeah. seen that kind of AD really since the Pelican days, even yeah. in the year you guys wanted in the bubble, right. I don't right. remember AD going for like 45 and 17. No, I mean, but he so was, he was going he was for balling. 27 yeah, and, you know, yeah. 12. I mean, yeah. he, he was, he he's was, 45, 50 point games that yeah. he's put up. I mean, right. that, that's a huge thing when yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you've got another guy in your arsenal yeah. besides LeBron yeah. that yeah, can exactly. single handedly take over a game. I like where they're going. I think they'll be just fine. More importantly, yeah, uh, for you guys, you know, versus some of the other teams we've talked about, I think your guys kind of are now understanding more of their roles and yes. how they fit in, which is how you build a conducive team and you get better. Correct. So from that standpoint, I also think you're ahead of some of those other teams that are just in front of you, like the Timberwolves mm-hmm, and the Clippers mm-hmm. that we talked about and and a few others there. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, I, yeah. I like the trajectory of the Lakers. I just think it's going to continue as the yeah. season goes on. Well, and I think I, I think Darvin Ham has, has proven to be a good motivator. I think that, you know, he's a he's been a good tactician. Um, he, he hasn't made too many mistakes in terms of substitutions or, or doing things. He's yeah, made some smart plays. Yeah, that's a good point, plays. too. Yeah, uh, yeah for you a know, first-year head coach. Yeah. yeah, he's doing good. We, we uh, you know, want Toscano Anderson, who to start the season – you know, was factored to be somewhat of a player in terms of his sure. role. Did not find a niche. At, yeah. But, like, with the injuries to Lonnie Walker, with the injury to Austin Reeves currently, you know, he's found himself now in the starting lineup. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, right. while he's not putting up these amazing numbers, he's showing the intangibles that he brings that are that are crucial to have a successful team. He's willing to do the yeah. blue-collar stuff. Yeah. Yep, that is going need. to to help. He's dive, He's going after loose balls. He's he's rebounding. He's contesting. He's defending. He's defending multiple positions. He's, you know, he's going out there and he's being a net positive as opposed to a net negative. So I I think that the Lakers are doing a lot of those things really well. Guys are like you said to your point. You know, they're 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 understanding what their roles are on this team. Um, you know, and and I think that you know. Westbrook has embraced this idea that like his job as coming off the bench is to be that spark plug. And he has done that. Yeah. And, you know, he's shown flashes of what he was like, you know, in, in Washington a couple seasons ago or Houston before that, or even OKC where, you know, he's shooting the ball better. He, he's efficient. He, he's, he's obviously assisting the basketball yeah. and he's been leading our team in assists game in and game out. It seems off the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and, Good and, point. um, yep. He's finishing games instead of sitting on the bench. Like there's certain things that are going the Lakers' way, and that's where I get scared because you know just when things seem to be going well, that's when the Lakers decide to do something stupid <laughs> and 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 blow it up and and you know either make a trade for a star that is going to disrupt that continuity, that's going right, to disrupt yeah. those kinds of things, and that's where I'm like, okay, 
as much as I would hate to see somebody like Pat Beverly go, if it nets us a player that's going to be beneficial, fine. Fine, right. But yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to see Pat Bev go just for the sake of making a deal. Making a deal, you know? right. And, yeah. and I yeah. think that's where maybe the front office, that's what kind of the speculation has been, is that they're not trying to make a deal just for the sake of making a deal, and I get that. Um, but I just don't want to see them making a deal because they think that, like, you know, this is what's going to help put us over the top. I, I just don't want to see it. And and um but that's where I'm at. Awesome, dude. I like it. Um I like where the NBA is at right now. You got lots of exciting things going on. You know, we didn't barely totally. didn't really mention it, but like Donovan Mitchell erupted for seventy one points 71 in an overtime points, game. Uh he shot the ball ridiculously well. I Third think highest shot. scoring game in NBA history yeah. behind Kobe's, Kobe and, you know, eighty one yeah. and Wilt, mm-hmm, of course, mm-hmm. with the hundred. Yeah. Um and I think he's the first player in NBA history that did seventy one points and uh ten assists or ten oh, plus wow. assists okay. as well. Yeah. So not to mention uh, how, like the crazy finish the, yeah. just to get the game to overtime, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and missing the free throw and finishing it off and Yeah, everything. yeah, no. I mean it was just that was an insane game watching the the replay on that and you know, I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing, too. Is, I mean, here's a team that in the post-LeBron era was kind of expected to just not be very good, mediocre at best. Yeah. But, you know, they drafted well and drafting even Mo, uh, Evan Mobley. Uh, you know, they made yeah. the deal, you know, with the they Utah could. Jazz to, yeah. to get Donovan yep. um, and kind of choose between uh, Colin Sexton or, or Darius Garland. They made that call. Kevin Love is kind of... Off the bench, has kind of rediscovered himself as this yeah, role player, yeah, this yep. kind of you know glue guy. That's that's yep. you know not a star, but he's this intangible. Yeah, um, you know, so good things going on there in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, so I, it's just exciting. It, it really, really is, and it, it's fun to watch as a basketball fan. Oh, absolutely! Just, yeah, guys are playing, and and guys seem to be playing for the right reasons, and yeah, it's sure. just a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. So. Anyway, uh, so we're going to wrap this up, guys. Uh, This has been our Season 2 finale. Uh, Just want to take a minute here to say we appreciate all the listeners, all the new listeners. Continue sharing this podcast with all your friends. Please do, yeah. Uh, You know, uh, give us a a follow there on the Instagram, at Balls and Beards Podcast. Check us out on Patreon. You can support us on there. And, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you guys here in 2023 and, you know, seeing where these sports uh, talks take us in the in the coming weeks and months ahead. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, I, that's all I've got, Chris. Do you have anything else, man? No, not too much. You know, um, just two things in closing today. I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy Tom. He's a big Giants fan, okay. so I, you know, okay. I, Tom, I know you're going to appreciate today's episode and yeah. where Mikey and I went with your game. Yeah. Number one, number two. Uh, college football national championship tonight. Yep, We've right. got, you know, a, a power in Georgia and a favorite going against kind of the feel good out of nowhere story with TCU. TCU and, yeah. you know, they don't be mistaken. They took down a very good Michigan team yep. uh, back there on, on New Year's Eve. So I think this is going to be a terrific football game okay. tonight. Um, so just, uh, you know, shout out to that. Check out that game if you have a chance. And you know what? Um, I go Horn Frogs, you know, give me, give me the upset there in that one, you know, so other than that, enjoy the NFL playoffs this weekend. We should have some great games. Mikey and I, of course, will be back. We'll give you our breakdowns and picks for the divisional round. There you go. Have a great one, y'all.